you know, I was thinking a good idea would be to, uh, <clears throat> to somehow collect all the money in the world, you know, like if you did an art thing, one of the things the main guy would want to do, he'd want to collect all the money in the world. So imagine he's able to do that, he's able to have it all under his control, you know, but instead of like <clears throat> wanting more because you have all of it, he just destroys it all instead. Like one person could rule the world, but instead he just like destroys his ability to do so in one shot. I tell you, only one person could do that. It's hard to get like, you know, all these really rich corporate, you know, money-backed people in the world to just give up on this idea of checks and balances and who owes what to who, you know, to make humanity work. You know, when really humanity could just work by itself without, you know, all these bean counters, without all this, you know, who's indebted to who for everything, you know. And all these middlemen, they make their little tiny bit of profit. And look at the world we've got today because of it. You know, we may have a ton of money and, and, and some really rich people everywhere, but it's really about all that debt. And the whole world is indebted to the powers that be. And that's really what's happened. And not only that, but they have all the money, so. You know, the money buys everything they want, but the indebtedness, it like forces you to buy into their way of uh, running things. You know, and these institutionalized ideas of humanity being indebted to those who have all the money, you know, those who have all the cards, you know, those who created the deck. You know, not only is the deck stacked, but, you know, they created that deck. You know, the world we live in is a deck made by them. Make no mistake on that. I mean, how could it not be when they have all the money and the power, right? I mean, obviously it is. Seems to me it's just obvious. You know, the rich and the powerful and the, you know, the righteous, they made the world for themselves, quite honestly. You know, all the rest of us are just, you know, working stiff schmucks, you know. That's what we are, working stiffs, at least in the West. You know, or <clears throat> driven by, you know, things that make you want to be more like the West or make you want to have more. You know, the West has a lot going for it, you know. The people in the, in the who don't live in the West don't realize how it kind of, I don't know, it really distances you from nature. You know, the way you live in these countries that aren't like the West, I mean, you should soak it up. Just stop being like the West. You know, don't let your populations explode. You know, within, live within the means of your, 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 of your country. You know, provide for people at the base level upward. You know, everyone just does the opposite. They want to be like the West. You know what happens? Everyone does everything by controlling everything from the top down. And that's the problem with the West. You know, and I think the only countries that could, could ever get away from Western-style control like that would have to be really poor countries. Because, you know, they, they've really got nothing else left to lose, like Venezuela. And that country's like, man... Things, that country's got lots of problems lately. You know, and who's doing it? It's, the, it's not a leader, leader or another leader. It's just the whole idea of leadership in its very structure as it is. And if you don't have, you know, some really concentrated hierarchical system, you know, with a military base below that, 
and with lawmakers below that, and with uh, people who would point guns at us and hit us, hit us with sticks, you know, for like just being black or Hispanic or, you know, not going with the status quo, that would be me, you know. You know, and everyone else below them is the slaves. Slaves of the world, if not the robots. You know, we're a little cog in their machine, quite honestly. You know, we're the cog in the machine that keeps them on the top. And in doing so, we allow everyone below us to suffer more. We're just soaking up that resource and going, I don't want to be like the poor, I want to be like the rich people, right? So you're just like, okay, I'm going to help the rich people. You look up, like, rich people, give me more money. Shower me down. I want to feel that trickle, you know? Where's that trickle-down economics? I always think of that. I always think of the trickle. And I'm like looking up, and there's like this, you know, thousand-foot, like, Donald Trump-like guy standing in front of me. He's like gold and, like, just kind of mist around him of shininess. He's like a, a god of wealth. He's like, give me some tri trickle, Donald. <laughs> you know? And that's what goes on. You know, why are you looking up to that guy to give you what he constricts you from having that he created a debt world which makes you look out of it up at him so he can like trickle down some money at you you, know, you buy into it because of that debt i mean you look up at him you know why are you looking up at him the world should mean you're looking down at the poor below them and that, that's just the fact if you can imagine it, you look up i love to do this painting this idea in my head is just like just these statues of like industry and religion. You could do like these religious ones too. And, and populism like, like Putin you know, with the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Catholics, they always look at him. You know, he's going, they always point at him. It's like, those are the guy. That's the guy we want to, want to lead our country. You know, and this is the same one thing with, uh, it's almost like with Trump, but Trump is more like, I wouldn't want to say puppet, I guess. Maybe not a puppet. A mannequin, you know, they got their hand up his up his back and they're moving his mouth. That's what Trump is. Trump is like a hand puppet, like a little mannequin. And he just mimics what they're thinking. They're sitting there right next to him. They're thinking it you know, like a ventriloquist. And Trump just starts, starts talking. And he does everything for the Christian coalition, big money interest, banks, you know, the real people who control the world. You're talking this high up, that's who, all, all that's left. You know, who owns the Fed? Come on, just, I, I swear, that should be like the chance of the next generational change. All he keeps saying is, who owns the Fed? Who owns the Fed? Who owns the Fed? You know, and when that comes out, who owns, who, the people who owns those people? You know, because it all comes down to who's got control of all the money in the world. And we don't even know. We don't even know who the Fed is. Isn't it amazing? I think that's just like the most astoundingly amazing thing that you ever think of. I mean, let's, let's face it. We're never going to get Trump's tax statements, right? But how about instead of bitching about Trump to get rid of him, I mean, fuck the guy. He wants to stay in office? Let him. See how it is to run a, a country for real. Make this world actually truly great. I mean, there's a lot of fucking things you gotta do, and people aren't just gonna fucking like. You know what I'm saying? And regardless if your base does or doesn't like it, I mean, you gotta do what's best for them. Even they're a bunch of fucking racist assholes. 
But uh, what was I thinking? So instead of dump Trump, I'm like, you know, dump Trump as far as like even a uh, a story. I mean, who owns the Fed? You really want to know? Look at the tax turn returns of all the problems in this country and the world. It's who owns all the fucking money. We don't even fucking know. That's the most mind-blowing thing I've ever fucking, like, understood as an adult. And most people don't really grasp when they're young. It's like, and I've been thinking about this for years. And, it's, and people just still don't even think about it. It's like, who owns all the money in the world? And who are they connected with? And how does that power structure play out? I mean, it really makes you wonder. You know, and this is why they get away with it. Because there's no transparency. I mean, there's absolutely so little transparency in this world over those who lead. We don't even know who owns the Fed. We don't even know, basically, who runs the world. I mean, who else runs the world except the bankers that create wealth out of thin air? I mean, if I could create, if you can create wealth out of thin air, that's like a billion times better than trying to turn lead into gold. I mean, bankers have turned that lead into gold thing into fucking electronics. All I gotta do is push a button. It's like, okay, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna like make gold out of digital currency. You know, it's like, here's $10 billion bank A and, you know, $100 million bank B. Just keep pass, passing that cash out. That's what they do. You know, but where does that stuff come from? It's like, doesn't just be created out of thin air. That's like a straight up, that's like a straight up tax to everyone. You know what that button is when they push? That button is saying, you will now work for me, human race, or at least America. You will now work for me, America, for this amount of money. You know, and I'm creating it out thin air for the benefit of guess who? Whoever the fuck owns the Fed. But like I said, we don't know. Someone up there on the top is creating all this money, these hundreds, tens or hundreds of trillions of dollars out of thin air just by pushing buttons. I mean, these, like, what is it, 100, 200, a billion trillion dollars? Who the fuck knows how much money there is anymore out there? You know, it just comes out of thin air. You think there was, like, 100 trillion dollars, like, 100 years ago? Hell no. No, they, there wasn't. That's a fact. And now it's just, like, endless numbers. And during that transition from, like, let's say a trillion dollars back in the 1900s to today, where it's like a couple hundred trillion dollars? Who owns all that now? You know, it's not the people. You know, over time, they've used this financial tool to hijack and steal the wealth of the world. That's what I contend. You know, they've used mathematics on us. They've tricked us with math. And they uh, took money that... Humanity owned that was printed fiat currency backed by gold and then undid the gold thing. And what happened? They kept creating wealth out of thin air all for themselves. It's quite frankly, you know, the money is given to banks from a bank. Banks that we don't know who they are. And it could be insurance companies. Who knows who they are? That wouldn't be, would be or royalty, actually. That could go way back. But, uh, It'd be interesting if it was royalty. That'd be like just like world shocking, like largest conspiracy ever. If people don't see that, it's just like, how do you not see that? I mean, the fucking ancient rich still owning the world, just in another means. 
that would blow the lid off everything. I can only imagine who actually owns who who owns these companies that create the money out of thin air for the Fed. Like, how is that not a government entity? That's the craziest thing. Like, people are actually tricked. They are tricked. Like the Fed. Oh yeah, it sounds so official. Hmm. It's not. It's officially owned by someone who's a privately held companies. Most likely banks or insurance company. Like we don't know. We don't know who the fuck it is. You know, and they get away with it. It's like the most mind-blowing thing ever. You want to talk about taxes. Like, what's the taxes of the people who own the fucking world? That's what I want to know. Because if you think the people who own the Fed are also in cahoots with people who own the Chinese currency, the British currency, or the Russian currency, or, you know, you name it. You know, they are. If you want to talk about a cahoots of the world, it's the rich people in all these countries are coming together to basically own the world financially, I think. If you want to talk about the ultimate conspiracy, which I think would like, eh, I wouldn't put too heavy on it, but I think I think they are like working together at least. Because how else do you explain like this one world culture based on money and power? You know, the Western idea of wealth is won over. It's not really the idea of, you know, the West one, but it was the idea that the way the West rules by money has won. All countries, no matter what, big and small, want to be wealthy. And they want to have clout. They want to have weapons. You know, they want to control their people. They want to say what they say is what happens. You know, that's what people want in power. And they fall into it, and it works for them because they use money. And that's the thing. That, that's what people don't get is people will do anything for money. That that That's the, the biggest thing. That you gotta understand is, and that's how they they really you know dole their power out and under and undermine humanity, is because humanity will do anything for money. I mean, how much money do you think you'd have to offer someone before you could find someone to do something? You know, like no, it's like the worst job you think of. Accountant. I was going to say like a military guy, but no. I'd have to say the worst job ever would probably be someone who works in some kind of cubicle in the world, quite honestly. Some people like it, but man. But yeah, how much money would you have to pay someone to do that anymore? Like say military guy. Like going to combat? I don't get very good pay. Whereas like, go oh, support the soldiers. It's like... Why are we giving this guy like a million dollars? This guy's gonna go into combat. And when he's done with his fucking service, why isn't he like a fucking hero and paid like Magic Johnson wages? That's what I wanna know. I mean, fucking military guys, they fucking get their arms blown off and shit. And you give them like basically minimum wage for mercenaries. Come on. These guys are heroes. We spend more money on like the equipment than anything else in the fucking military. It's crazy. Like, if you look at, like, the planes they fly around in, they're, like, worth pff, hundreds, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars, right? And how much do the pilots get paid? Lucky if you're breaking 100000 a year. I mean, the maintenance on that thing in, like, what, 
a couple months is fucking more than that guy makes in a year. I mean, it's crazy. You know, these these people, you know, they give their their lives, you know, trying to defend our country. You know, I applaud them. I was one of them, you know. I wasn't like some great warrior in the Middle East, but, you know, I did serve. I put my hand up and so I'll do it. You know, and how do they get you in? They get you in how they got me in. The promise of a few pennies that you think would be like a, a fucking right in the modern society of education. You know, and the, the possibility of getting a loan, you know, because you're a good person for housing. And you think you'd be able to get that somewhat without <clears throat> having to serve your country. I think if you got that in the first place, and the world actually worked, and America really was fair and free and honest, people would actually want to fight to protect that. And that's a big difference. You know, instead of like trying to buy people out with these little pennies, I think if the country is actually in good condition and, you know, work for the people and got the people together to come to agreements and compromise and, you know, put shit aside and like just stop bickering about shit. And then instead, let's just get shit done. You know, we spend like probably 10 times as much time bickering about shit in this country and then changing things, probably like 10 times that. You know, it, it's done so to distort, you know, our perception of the system. Make, think, make us think it's complicated and hard and just doesn't work, right? But what if you made the system and never changed it? You, know, you just have a set of rules, one that's left, one that's right, one's in the middle. Every law you could do that with. You set a maximum, you set a minimum, and you set a center. Like the big compromise with the center. It wouldn't be just a middle number. It'd be like a full compromise. And you can either take the left one, the right one, or the full compromise one. And each state could just check one box. And all the boxes are the same in each state. So no more bickering state to state. No more like endless legal bullshit with case law that stretches back hundreds of years that fucking really no one, no one can make any sense of in my opinion. Probably even a seasoned lawyer would be like, oof, case law, jeez. Have I read it all? Nah, how much? How much have you read, professional lawyer? How much of all this case law have you read? And how much do you understand? Or do you just specialize in something? Because law is just that big. Not even professional can know it all. I would love to see, like, just, like, tests about, you know, memorized case law from fucking 1963. That's applicable to abortion cases, you know? It's impossible. This is why you need to have, like, just what? There's, like, a term for it. They don't do the, uh... God, he sounds like any other stuff. I did take this in class. Uh, they don't do the case law. You know, where you have, uh... Precedences, that's the word I'm looking for. Precedences from before. You just have rules. And then the rules, that's it. You don't do any case laws like yes or no, you did or you didn't. And if you did, this is the punishment. If you didn't, that's the punishment. You know, and that's another thing. This whole like up and down with the punishment shit based on this, that, or something else. No. Just fucking pick a number. That's it. That's it. So when a rich person goes there, 
they got to do the same fucking number of years as when the poor person goes there. And if you want to talk about equalitizing the world, do that. And then every single prison is exactly the fucking same. There's no differences when it comes to standards. You know, your rich preppy dude will have to go to the same prison as your poor, you know, black person who got in trouble for this or that. It's totally nothing a preppy person would do. You know, and you'll have to build these prisons here general population where murderers sit next to accountants or you'll have to build these prisons where you know potheads hang out with potheads and your heroin addicts go to fucking heroin addiction counseling you know and people with violence go to violence counseling you know that's what I can't understand about prisons prisons are, should be like basically health centers as well as institutions to lock people up I mean seriously and based on what you've done you go to that prison, like if your biggest crime is like you're a murderer or a rapist, you go to a murderer prison and a rapist prison, right? In a rapist prison, they, they counsel you about, you know, sexual abuse. That's, you know, and how to deal with the mentality of you can think something, but it doesn't mean you have to do it. You know, people like think something in their heads and then they're just drawn to actually do it. And that's the thing, your mind doesn't control you. You got to control your mind. And that's what, you know, people with rapists are. Now, people with murder, they probably had a really tense situation, right? Most people don't murder, you know, on purpose, I guess you could say. Usually it's like a, something of passion or in the heat of the moment. I mean, sure, there's premeditated. I guess you could do split up premeditated into, like, passionate murder. But, yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, you don't want to put people like that next to accountants, next to, you know, people who have drug addiction. You know, this is your first step to fixing the country when it comes to, like, you know, gun violence, drug addiction, is locking similar people up. I don't care what country, what, what, uh, what state they're from. If you're, like, a heroin addict in one state, and there's only, like, two heroin addict prisons that specify in heroin addiction, they gotta go to one of those two prisons. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can fix the prison system and fix the healthcare system and the mental health care system and, you know, treating people who need to be treated in these prisons. You know, I'm not talking about, like, brainwashing here, though. I'm talking about managed health care for issues these people have, which is what got them in these problems in the first place. And quite honestly, people who are accountants, they should just be going to all the other prisons telling people how to fucking deal with money issues and, you know, at least until... One day, money issues are no longer an issue, I hope. But, you know, just business. You know, business people, too. Accountants as business people, they should just travel around from, business, from prison to prison trying to lecture people on how to be more responsible in life and get ahead. Because these people, did, people go to prison, didn't get that opportunity in high school. And if you go to prison, you know, why can't you be counseled by someone who's a, who's a prisoner, who's an accountant, maybe a business leader, and you'll put them together. Teaches people how to make their lives work. And you could solve a lot of problems in prisons. But the problem is they put people in prisons to punish them. That's it. That's it. That's what society's rule. You know, a God-fearing society has said, we're just going to punish people. You know, and fuck them over. Like, they get raped in there, pff, who cares? You know, and that's their attitude. I mean, that's just like the biggest fuck you to a human being to say, you don't care what you've done, 
We're going to send you to prison where you can get murdered, where you can get gang raped, or you can get beaten and abused, or, you know, fucking go crazy by having to talk to people who annoy you like 24 hours a day. You know, putting people together like that makes them a certain way. They all kind of become the same. And that's what being in prison, I think, it's like being in the army a lot to me. You know, that's what being in, our, in the prison is like, is they get people to think the same. And you put people together like that, that's what happens. And that's why when everyone gets out of prison, they have a prison mentality. Because they had to deal with all that bullshit, you know? And you're lucky if you go in prison and there's like any sort of books. No less, you know, counseling and, you know, an accountant to show you how to be a business person to kind of show you how to be a, a more responsible being, you know, and maybe do your own stuff that you, and you can get training in prison. I mean, prison can be like the most amazing thing or the most like human suffering, redu uh, human suffering and like, you know, con contribution to furthering the injustices of these world. Because that's where, you know, those who control the laws and make the laws send everyone that they don't like. I mean, they don't like black people. They don't like brown people. They don't like anyone who's not like them. If you're if you're not straight, they don't like you. Let's just be honest. And quite frankly, if you're not of their their creed and religion, who knows? They probably don't like you either. I can only imagine like these kind of people who control the world. Like, how do they react towards Muslims? Makes you wonder. Considering all these wars we've had too. Gotta wonder. You know, there's a reason we're in the Middle East. That's what really drives me crazy when people don't see it. It's like, we could have been out of the Middle East fucking... Probably by the late 80s, I want to say. Even earlier, maybe. But definitely later. We could have been out of the Middle East... No, I would say way earlier, actually. Because nuclear power, that's the thing people don't really understand. This isn't just about green energy. This is about nuclear power. We could have been out of the Middle East in the fucking 70s. I mean, that whole oil embargo thing. You know what I would have done as president? I would have been like, all right, we're building like, I don't know. Let's start with 100 nuclear power plants. Boom. And they can withstand anything. I'm talking nuclear strike. No, I'm talking like a meteor strike. Just like, build them smart. Build them good. Build them so they last forever. And the things will power the fucking world. It's crazy how much energy we have just sitting there. I mean, it literally solves all of our problems. Well, at least a good large percentage of them. You want to make America number one. Free nuclear power for all you know, manufacturing in, in America and all, all its citizens. I mean, we already paid for it through decades of uh, taxes, right? And military expenditures. Fucking power those babies up. I say whip them out. Pull them out of the closet. Get those big old schlongs out of their silos. You know, put some wires on it and fire up that vibrator. You know, get those nukes humming. You know, hum those nukes and power this planet. I mean, it sounds crazy, but you got to think of some radical idea. I mean, these fucking missiles are so goddamn phallic, it blows my mind. You know, I got the biggest uh, explosive, you know. I got the most power. It's basically... You know, what they're waving around is their powers. Like, oh, look at me. I got the biggest missiles. And that's what every nuclear country does. 
Like, if you fuck with me, I'll just fucking blow up on you. And that's how they are. That's how, how like, how, part of how they control us is those nuclear weapons, I'll tell you. We just know doomsday's coming if we don't listen to everything they say. One way or another, under this way they rule things, you know, if we don't listen to them, they've always got those nukes hanging over our heads, don't they? You know, and that's always the threat. Doesn't matter who it is, anyone can push the button. Because by the time it's over, it ain't gonna fucking matter anymore. Because the world will be destroyed. So you won't know who actually did it. It could be us, it could be them, it could be anyone. So. You'll never be able to understand who's right or wrong when it comes to nuclear war. So how can you trust any of them not to do it? That's my point. The point is, like, in a situation like that where, you know, quite honestly, if one of those jackasses want to start a nuclear war, they could. And they could lie about it from now until they end the war. And they win or they lose, quote, whatever the fuck winning is in a nuclear war, right? And then they could say, oh, yeah, we were right. We blew this planet up, and it's ours now. Now let's all live underground for the next, what, a thousand years or more after nuclear winter? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, and these people are planning for it. Do not get me wrong. You know, you think I'm crazy in saying, you know, they're ready for a nuclear winter. They are. Continuation of government doctrines. You know, that's what justifies all of them escaping the Holocaust that they're going to create. And that's no bullshit. Look that shit up. It exists. You know, while the, you know, it is a consideration for them. That's what it tells me. They, they actually are considering blowing the world up by doing that. And that's what really bothers me more than anything. There is no other reason to have those underground bunkers around the world and in every like major country that could blow us up. Yeah, there's no reason for them to have them other than they ever considering it. It's an option still for them. And if you really want to end nuclear war, you really gotta end those options for a continuation of government doctrines. I mean that's that's like step one, you know? Before we like even start reducing the number of bombs. First and foremost, let's know where all of those secret bunkers are. You can still use them, I guess. I mean, you put homeless people in them or, you know, people, <laughs> that would be awesome. You could put immigrants in them. Not only can they be in America safe, you know, and get counseling and, you know, they could live underground. I mean, it sounds horrible at the same time. It's like, do you realize how many miles of underground, like, bunkers they have to support the continuation of government? I mean, just think about it. They have sprawling mega cities under the ground. You'd be, you'd be, I would just love to see what they got that no one knows about. I can only imagine the technology they've got hidden under the ground in a lot of parts of America. They got some kind of like secret, uh, what was it? I was reading this one. A secret underground spaceship base somewhere in Nevada. I think it was Nevada. Not Area 51, but. Some mountain, the whole mountain is supposed to be a space base. 
It's like, man, can you imagine if it's just if that's a true, a true statement? Could you imagine the technology they have under there? I mean, it would like blow your mind away. Like these cell phones we have, these are like ancient technology. Though. You know, that's why you see pictures of people with cell phones in the 1920s. Because you know, if you think about it, aliens have been around for as long as you can imagine. If they exist, they've been there. And if they were there, technology and aliens are like one thing. Not one thing, but like they go hand in hand. The alien can get to another planet definitely has associations with technology and high levels of it. So, and this whole fear people have of aliens that they exist, I mean, I, I just don't get where it's coming from. It's just like this overwhelming fear of it. It's just, I started to put my finger on it. That's the thing. I'm trying to liken it to something. But yeah, this fear of technology is irrational. And also, you know, the connotation of aliens, I guess. What's going on with the aliens here? Yeah. Because if you think about it, if aliens do exist, and if they've been around for billions, if not longer years, in our relative time, you know, <clears throat> they could have developed technology any time along the way. And if they are here, the technology's always been around. It's just kind of been waiting for a modern civilization to come around. And quite honestly, a thousand years ago, technology didn't exist. It was waiting. It was waiting for humanity to have the right mindset to be able to understand technology. It just sat there and waited and watched. Just waited and watched. If not aliens themselves, you know, God or gods, you know, different Entities of the universe, let's call them. Because that's what all those things are. I mean, God, gods, entities, aliens, demons, angels, leprechauns, dwarves, elves, unicorns, dragons, you, you name it. Any mythological creature that everyone dismisses like the Bigfoot. You know, it's just a different mindset of, of the universe. You know, both here and externally from here. Like that may or may not have existed, that may or may not have come to the world at one point in the past, like giants. Like, who else built all these pyramids, right? <clears throat> I mean, come on. The idea that is so myopic to think that we are the only ones in the universe. The only ones. I mean, only one who could think of it like that would be like someone who knows absolutely nothing of the general size of scope of time and space just how large the universe is. I mean, it goes on literally forever, as far as in terms of human conscious ability to fucking understand it. I mean, you can try to have the scope of how big the universe is, but it's just too big to, to even comprehend. That's how big it is. You know, and you think there is never once, ever, all the endless time and space, in some civilization, or even life itself, quite honestly. I mean, that's the biggest one. It's like, really? You don't believe there's life on another planet? Or just somewhere out there? Everyone's like, nope. I got my book. My book says it's the only, only, only place where life exists. Anywhere. Anywhere in the universe. I mean, if that ain't wrong, 
to a rational, logical person. I don't know what it is. Quite honestly. It's probably... I don't know. I, wanna, I, I don't want to say call it... It's kind of like the biggest white lie ever told. You know? Because it makes you want to be centered down. You know, here on Earth amongst humanity. Instead of looking up. Out into space. You know? In order to keep people innocent of technology and logic and understanding the universe, you have to have them not look up and understand that the universe goes on forever and that, I mean, life and existence of intelligent extraterrestrial life is so likely, I feel like it's common, quite honestly. You know, if not done by just pure haphazard standards of reason, you know, that maybe life just exists in spores that, you know, fly through the universe on rocks and lands on random planets and just starts, you know, making life, depending on, it's got a billion different variations to make life, you know, based on the environment that the, that the animal, that the, the spore lands on. You know, there could be that. There could be aliens that just custom make life for every planet they find. There could be aliens that have ships so big that they can make an entire planet move just a perfect axis and tilt, just in the perfect orbit around a freaking star. <laughs> you know, it's just like this giant fucking, what do you call it? It's like a giant clamshell, you could think of it as. It just goes around the planet, or even like an energy field. And it just slowly, over like maybe thousands or even tens of thousands of years, slowly moves a planet, and they come back in 10,000 years, because, you know, aliens have timelines like that where they actually continue to exist as the same, you know, species. They come back in 10,000 years and then boom, it's already set to the perfect orbit. You know, quite honestly, I feel like that's exactly what could have happened to Earth, in my opinion. I mean, it's the, it's the alien-created Earth kind of idea that I've had. And people would never would just be like, no way. But I say, the perfect example, the perfect uh, reason I can give it is because of the uh, evidence left behind of the exact perfect speed, angle, um, trajectory, mass, and size of, you know, the two planetoids hurtling through space hit each other that became the Earth and the Moon. And the evidence was right there. We got the Moon. The moon just smashed in the earth. They exchanged like maybe a third to half of its, a third maybe, not even, of its uh, material. And then it spun out and made the moon and the earth, right? Perfect cue ball shot. You know, you want to talk about pool, that'd be like, you know, a pool table like the size of Manhattan as the likelihood of that being random. That's what I think. I mean, is that really random? I mean, think about the, the likelihood of two objects in space circling a star, just exact speed, the exact mass, and exact angle needed to create this perfect alignment between the Earth and the Moon to create this perfect <clears throat> situation where life can exist on Earth. 
mean, quite frankly. And then after that hit, like I said, you, you can build spaceships as big as you want, or energy fields, or anything that anything that you can think of that utilizes that which we know and don't know in the universe to move things or create things. And we want to talk about the idea of the data dimension. The data dimension is huge. And when you tap into data of the universe, it's like the data isn't everything. And if instead of like trying to move a table that's you know, the physical, you move the data that's in the table. And from doing that, a table will move. You know, or anything. But you have to be able to see the data. You know, to accept that the universe has this universal data consciousness and everything. And especially in living beings. You know, and living planets and stars. You know, it's everywhere. It's like the whole universe is alive when you see this. And that's what people are afraid of. Do you imagine like actually feeling another person or feeling the planet or you know feeling the moon? You feel it. It's like it's like a gravitational pull on your heart and mind. And that's what it is. It's not something you can explain or measure, it's something you feel and perceive. You know? Is that a bad thing? I don't let you be the judge. It seems to me it's natural. I mean, what's more natural than feeling the earth? What's more natural than you know, having this extra sensory perception of you know, just getting where another person's coming from? And that's what it really is. It's like you look at that person, you're like, you know, good or bad, you're getting where they're coming from. You know, that's the thing. I can, I can kind of get a sense of who a person is when I talk to them. I can kind of feel where they're coming from, and you kind of kind of imagine who they are. When I meet someone, it's like. I'm trying to like imagine myself as now. If I was to be this person, you know, put on that, I don't know. You have to just imagine you're like that person. You know, and that's how you, once you do that, it's, it's like you kind of sense them. But people were, would feel negatively about that, quite honestly. You know, and a lot of reasons, because you know, you don't want people to find your business, right? I get that. But, you know, how can you really know someone to be transparent with them? How can you like understand someone so you can like you know, feel who they are, where they're coming from? You can't. There's always going to be this wall between humanity until that day happens. I mean, it's hard to believe, but quite honestly, I think we are on the verge of you know, understanding the perception of reality different than we do today. And that's really where it's going. If you look at people who have extra abilities to, to sense things and understand the world that we live in today, to me, each one of those persons represents the possibility of everyone having that exact same ability. Quite honestly, there are savants and you know, people who can just like look at books and just like, they scan the whole book. How much do you put that in your brain other than so kind of like other dimensional ability to perceive that. I mean, basically all that happened to this person is was video was fed through their mind when they flipped that pages. It was just like they're watching video. No one can read a book that fast. And it just went right into their brain. It just fucking wrote right in there like a computer. Like, their mind was just like a computer. Someone was just typing it in there. 
How did that happen? Who was the finger that typed that into your brain from a camera image instantly into storage memory and then understand that? You know, there, there's this extra consciousness in the universe that everyone has, including that ability. And it proves it right there. Certain abilities certain people have in this world, it kind of really proves it to me that there is this other reality we just don't see, quite honestly. And that's the problem. People don't believe in things. Or people don't believe in Santa Claus. And, you know, I get that. We all know Santa Claus is bullshit, at least on this realm. <laughs> but quite honestly, why do people do not believe in, like, this idea of, like, another energy that exists in the universe that, you know, we put, they can put labels on us, like spirituality or ghost or heaven or hell or religions, you know, or... Oh, man, it's, it's hard to say all oh, those are true, but it's possible. Anything's possible. And that's the thing. I believe anything is possible. You know, if not in this world, and if not in this galaxy, maybe on another world or another galaxy, honestly. And that's where I'm coming from. People don't see the big picture. But people think I would be crazy saying, oh, yeah, there's probably, I think, I think you know, dragons exist. Why couldn't they? I mean, if you think of how big the universe is, they could exist anywhere in the universe. You know, could they have made a portal that, you know, bent space and time with their mind and then traveled to the world at one point? Sure. I think it's possible. The ability to manipulate the data consciousness of the universe, open a portal and poof, they're instantly in, on Earth. Why not? And then when they left, they instantly went through that portal and left. They could exist, they could exist today somewhere else in the universe. I don't know. Could be in there. Another dimension of time. It could be the, the perfect present that we don't see. You know, they could be here. They could be in the perfect present we just don't see. People don't see the perfect present. You know, when you see the perfect present, you see and understand that consciousness that's deep inside of us all. You make something that's external I'm talking about here. I'm not trying to say, oh, this God is better than that God. I'm talking about just inside of yourself. I don't care what religion you are. You know, religions always look external. I'm talking about what do you see inside of you? And that's my whole point with, you know, understanding another dimension of, of human existence and, you know, universal consciousness. You're looking within. You know, who, who says that you can't look within yourself for anything? You know, I don't think any religion would say, you know what? We're so religious, you can't even look within yourself to find the truth. You know? That's what I say. There is no way any religion can say you can't look within yourself. And that's one thing anyone in any religion can come together in, is looking within themselves. And, you know, people will probably label that, well, well, that's meditation. It's like, no. I mean, you can do meditation. It would really help you look within yourself. But really, it's a, it's about... Seeing you for all the faults of who you are. You can, the only one who can really look at you and judge you is you. You know, quite honestly. Only you can really see and understand the faults of who you are. If you were to look at yourself from the perspective of someone who is either not like you or someone who's exactly the opposite of you or someone that has a different viewpoint than you do. And this is why I say you've got to be able to see each other from their viewpoint. 
Like, how can you, like, see the fault in yourself if you can't understand where someone else is coming from? And, that, and that's the thing. You can't understand where someone else is. You can't understand the faults in yourself until you see that. And you got to be able to empathize, empathize with people, you know? And that's what's really missing in the world. It ain't a religion or a cause or a political or economic thing. It's the ability to empathize with each other. If you want to take the human race, race into the future and change it, you just got to teach the children how to emphasize and communicate with one another. Maybe before anything else. Fucking grade school, all the way up and probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe you hit your teens, you start learning shit. You know, you get a little bit of it as you're growing up, and then once you hit your teens, you, you get a little more, but I say majority of that should be, you know, learning about emphasizing with each other, communicating with each other, getting to work together, team building exercises, you know. <clears throat> Helping each other out when one can do one thing and one can't. You know, and just getting everyone to be open to conversate and understand each other, even if they're not in their clique. You know? Because that's what everything happens when you're in high school. It's like these turns of these divisions, these cliques, who has this, who has that. It's just a race to the top. Like, starting from school, it's like, you, know, you put your kid in school, it's like, okay, kid, get on this starting line. Here comes the race, and it's like, Okay, go, you know, learn all that math, learn all that science, learn all that reading. Like sprint, 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 sprint. That's what they do for fucking 12 years, in my honest opinion. I mean, when does a kid ever get to have any fun? I mean, you want, you want to bring back, a, you know, a hunting and gun culture in America. You know, bring back teaching kids how to learn how to hunt and trapping techniques and survival techniques and how to shoot a gun, you know, maybe in junior high times, you know. You know, get the familiarize with the younger to understand and respect, you know, what that power is that human has to kill each other. And it used to be with a bow and arrow or an axe or a spear. But that was the reality of life. And quite frankly, that reality hasn't changed until today. You know, people want to, want to like, pretend like it's changed. Like, oh, we don't live with violence anymore. We don't have spears. We don't have crossbows. We don't have swords. But, you know, we don't have guns on the street. Or we don't want guns on the street. And it's like, you know what? I mean, this, I got, I'm sorry, this is where I got to say Republicans are right. Because the only way to like live with the fact of what humanity is and how horrible it can be is everyone just like has to understand we can all kill each other at any given moment in time. And we need to just learn to live with each other like that. With, the, with that ability. Because, you know, to live in like this like fantasy world that you want to live in that humans don't want to kill each other just props up this whole idea of having to not take responsibility of you know, making the world a better and safer place by pawning it off the responsibility to a leadership, you know, or a governmental system or a banking and religious system that backs them, you know, and gives them all this money and power and you know, justification for all the bullshit they do in these countries. In America, Iran, you know, they're, they're the same thing, in my opinion. If you want to look at where America's going, look at Iran. I'm talking about a religious dictatorship. It's coming to America, people. You know, this is what happens when you get religion in state. You know, and this all stems from fucking the Roe versus Wade thing. Whole abortion was religion's huge headway, hedgeway, and really like stepping in into politics. You know, before that, you know, religion would you know complain and you know try to get people to do things, and you know politicians and not say, yeah, I'll try to do what I can, man. But in the end of the day, politicians tried to work together. And make government work, right? And that's what they used to do, but not anymore. Because religion got in there and they were like, okay, 
this is the game plan. We want to make everyone in America do, you know, with, hold up to our moral and, you know, it's hard to really say. But yeah, our morals. You know, that's what religions come down to. They really try to push the morals. You know, it's the same thing in Iran. And it's the same thing in America. It's funny because America wants to be like Iran. And we want to have like, you know, we, we want to have like religious leadership. And that's like, we've done it in, in the, on one side of the party. You know, we just like stack that whole deck on one side. And religion's hijacked the Republican Party, in my opinion. You know, talk the biggest problem in America. You know, I hate to point fingers, but it's the Republican Party. It's basically because they're no longer the fucking Republican Party. They've been hijacked. They've been hijacked for fucking decades. This goes all the way back to the Reagan administration, quite honestly. You know, the whole, the whole administration declared war on, you know, popular culture by you know, making the uh, pot illegal. You know, it, it, I mean, technically it was illegal, but they're the ones that created the huge war on, on, on drugs. They're the ones who, like, really went after it. You know, they're the ones who tried to mar um, moralize and marginalize, you know, minority ways of living their life. You know, minorities... They smoke pot. They do recreational drugs. You know what? I get it. I smoke pot. I've done recreational drugs in the past. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm one of them. You know, and I did it when it was illegal. But, you know, that's a whole culture of America. That people, I mean, the hippie generation. You know, that, that was a huge movement of America. And it's like, eh, that's it. We're moralizing this country. You know, and that was part of it. You know, that was like the... The ability and rationale of creating a moral police state. We have a police state that runs around and is directed by those in moral authority to create laws, you know, through politicians and banking. They go point around and say, well, this is this is a moral, we don't like it. So no more prostitution, no more porn, no more uh, gay movement, you know, you know, having sex how you want behind doors. You know, now now if they were having sex in public, then I say, yeah, get rid of them. But you know, if they're having sex behind doors with it, and you want to love someone, I say love. Yeah, I think marriage is like the most ridiculous enslaving thing I've ever heard of. You know, if you're not using marriage to, you know, end the borders of the world by just marrying someone in our country and going and living there, so the whole fucking world just becomes like this huge like borderless world just because no one fucking lives in their country anymore. You know, how can they stop humans from marrying across borders and destroying the entire border systems that? All these governments on a prop up. If you really want to change the world, it has to go to that scale. Everyone just has to work together, and and it's totally illegal. There's not a goddamn thing they can do to stop it. Quite honestly, you know, the whole world wants to love each other. No, no, you can't do that. This is we can't allow the whole world to just love each other. You know, you gotta stay where you are. You gotta stay in our borders. They need to stay in their borders. We need to control our countries. You know, and that's the attitude you're taking. If you ever, if you ever did something like this, like. We're just going to love our neighbor and marry someone else in our country and move there just so we can get rid of this whole border shit. Because eventually, if you have like 100 million Chinese in America, you know, five, six extra hundred, five or six extra million uh, Mexicans living in America, just, I say just open the whole Mexican border up, quite honestly. And if you're a Mexican, you show your Mexican card, you get paid, you get paid less money. Let's just put it that way. If you're looking... North of the border, and you have a Mexican driver's license, and says, you know, works in, oh, has a citizenship in Mexico. I say, just you make maybe 
Let's start at one-third minimum wage. I mean, quite honestly, you imagine the amount of, like, manufacturing we could start opening up in America if we let all those people go across the border instead of restricting it. What about, like, not having any wall? What about that? Why can't it be, like, Canada? And if Canada wants to come to America and work, fuck it, let them work here. You know, that's what I say. I mean, it's amazing the things you can do if you just think a different way. You want to compete with China on manufacturing, boom. All the Mexicans come here. You want to you know, spend money on the military and police, okay, then go to Mexico and get rid of these drug cartels and uh, <clears throat> police up the streets in Mexico, you know, and make it fucking nice there. You know, give, this, give the citizenship a really cool place to live. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to Mexico and visit Mexico if it was a beautiful country, right? What if Mexico became like the next French Riviera, you know? You got to get rid of all that crime there. How do you do that? America needs to go down there and send all their like, you know, police, you know, uh, human beating cops that like to go do all this war shit and beat people up. Send them to Mexico, you know, and train Mexicans to police themselves up. And if the borders are open, you know, we can all just drive down there and fix it, fix that country too. You know, and you imagine like all the land that would open up if Americans could go live in Mexico. And you can. You can go you can go south of the border, buy a piece of land, live there however many months you want to a year, drive north once a year, check in, drive back. Boom. You know, it can go both ways. You know, all the people in America who just can't make a living, and guess what? You can move, you can save what you have, this little pittance that the fucking country gives you to work. You can save all that money and go live in Mexico. Go live in Mexico. But no one wants to live in Mexico. Why? Because the place sucks. It's got all this crime there. And all that crime is because we had the morality police running this country. If you legalize every drug, made guns widely available so long as they were smart and safe, you know, and you had transparency and training of these guns for kids and, you know, Someone has to take a fucking course just to know what the laws are on it. You know, you have to do something. Something has to be done. And I think really it comes down to training. Everyone in America, high school level. I hate to say this, you know, but I think the Republicans will be back, up, back me on this one. High school level. You know, you learn safety, you have firearm safety. You know, when you go, you know, we have shooting teams. You have competitions. You'll bring the gun culture back. And I know Republicans or Democrats will be like, no. But, you know, you can either fight guns forever. Let me just tell you about Democrats. You can either fight guns forever or you can accept them. You know, and that's the difference. If you fight them forever, you're basically fighting a fight that can never be won. Quite honestly, it's a fight that can never be won. Not only because the Republicans and the NRA and all your, you know, hunters out there are going to want to stop you, but also because it's an amendment. It's a part of our Constitution, right? Every American has a right to carry guns. Black, white, brown, you name it, American Indian. Everyone has a right to carry a gun, right? I say more power to everyone. Right? If we're all allowed to carry guns, then everyone carry a gun. That fucking solves the problem, right? It makes everyone equal. You know, they say, man made God. Smith and Wesson made him equal, right? <laughs> I always believe in that so much. And it truly is a, a solution to the problem. But make guns safe. Make it a requirement that it has to be the only person who can use it is the owner. You bring back automatics, you bring back semi-automatics. You know why? 
because if you're trained in semi-automatics and you are you know certified as mentally well and if you're an expert you know you may have to have competitions to be able to use automatics that should be like something you can earn not something you have to oh i, I did a safety course and blah 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 i get my automatic no you should be like the top 10 percent of the nation right that's what i think the top 10 percent of the nation who knows how to use automatics get to carry them around carry them wherever they want you know and guess what that top 10 percent of the nation knows how to use automatics and knows the laws around it and precautions and uses and you know, what you should or shouldn't do in a situation if someone else were to pull a gun, you know, when you can and can't use that. You got to be really medically watched and, you know, answer, answer questions to stay certified. But I think bring automatics back. Why not, Republicans? Wouldn't you love to, like, have you know, Democrats be happy that the streets are safe and you're trained people who know how to use these weapons? And at the same time, you know, Democrats get what they want and then you get... Semi-automatic, full-automatic weapons back. No more is bump stock shit, right? Who wants to go to a war when fucking someone starts attacking this country with bump stocks? No one. This is just a fucking excuse to, you know, go back to a real sense of security because you know you could take on a country if they were to, to attack us, right? I mean, that's what, to me, it's all about. I mean, that's what it was to our forefathers is if a country wants to take over America and every single person has a gun, well, good fucking luck. That's what I say. You know, that's all you really need for military. I mean, quite honestly, that's how, was it the, the Swedish or Norwegian? I think it was one of those countries. World War II, man, every 100 people are just armed. You know, when a barn has a fucking piece of artillery, you know, or this house or that house has some, a tank in it, right? You know, that's what they did. There's no reason America couldn't have that, quite honestly. Or at least have places where all that equipment's available for people who are trained to use it. You know, that's your job. You're just trained. You're trained all the time on how to use it. That's what you do in society. It's not like you're going to the military. You're just, I mean, everyone's proficient in guns. Let's, let's just start off there. So that's like the first thing you really need to know as a military. So if the whole country's like that, then, well, fuck, the whole America is 350 million or plus people with guns who are trained to use them, right? I mean, after that, it's, it's just a bonus because if, you can train kids to have simulators, well not kids, but young adults have simulators to fly around drones that you could 3D print endlessly to do their little police actions in some shitty country that doesn't want to have a free open world that's transparent. And then, you know, that's what you have to do. I mean, you can have a military without like all this governmental military expenditure, quite honestly. All you have to have, to have is machines that can build a drone military for you in the blink of an eye. You know, when you have all your, you know, really important components already made, like the really important shit, it's already made. You know, that's all you need to make as far as like all the bodies and, you know, all the parts that are big and heavy and, you know, real pain in the ass. You know, that stuff you 3D print. And it's that stuff that you can modify over time because the military isn't about in the future, you know, making a billion drones, right? It's about being able to 3D print the number of drones you need for the mission, right? And then once the mission's over, melt them back down, you know, do some more design tweaks, print them out again. Now they're better. And you can keep reasons, you need, you need to make them so the material can keep, keep being reused. You can even go out, like say all the drones get blown up, right? And go, people go out after the whole battle's over, pick up all the drone pieces, hike them back to the 3D processing unit, you know, and then you probably recover 50% or more of the drone materials, right? It's not impossible. 
I mean, it's so much better than like building these, you know, huge, expensive, endlessly evolving military aircraft that are just like so minutely different. It's just like, I don't understand why they got away from the A-10s. It's like, just build more fucking A-10s. I'm so sick of them like with endless government expenditures to make like the most streamlined, perfect fighter jet of the future. It's like, come on, people. How big do your dicks got to be? You know, just build what we need. Build A-10 Warhawks. Yeah, that's what we need. You know, if we don't blow each other up with nukes, it's going to be a ground war no matter what. You know, quite honestly, I think, like I said, go, you should go to like a human defense of just people trained 100% guns. You know, 20 years from now, if the next generation was like this, no one would dare to come to America and fuck with us. So that that's the number one way of staying free, you know, and in society's ability to embrace them. I mean, I hate to go so far off on guns, but man, humans humans really fear dying, right? So you can either, you know, try to keep the weapons away, or you can accept them. And keeping the weapons away isn't really an option, quite honestly, in my opinion. And everyone who's on the conservative side's opinion. If you're a white guy who likes guns, I get you. But you guys are siding with a group that also really want to pushes, wants to push divisionary things in order to like kind of fuck up the whole government. I think if, if Democrats can embrace guns, you know, Republicans who like guns could embrace guns and maybe some other the other ideas Democrats have. You know, about being more reasonable with people so they're not marginalized. At least not make it so everything is like set by the moral police on the conservative side. You know, and those, who, those are the people who have really, like, infiltrated our world today. Is what we have is a huge, I mean, wow, if you think about it, what we have today is a huge worldwide conservative push. If you look at it, the whole world is being controlled and manipulated by conservatives or those in power who are kind of conservative. And if you're talking about America or, you know, the Russian Orthodox that, you know, back Putin because they're, they, they super vote and they're super vocal. You know, or the the few who you know run all of China, that huge. Um, I hate to say negatively about them, but you know the party of the people who really aren't the people. You know, if they were the people, then why is it like less than one percent of them are running everything? And if they are the people, why are they the richest people in the country? You know, they're just they're just doing the same thing America has done. They're so much like the rich people in America. Except, you know, they're already in the system, so they're going to get all the advantages from the system because they are the Communist Party. They are the system. You know, and, and I have nothing wrong with the idea of the Communist Party, quite honestly. But I feel like it focuses too much on the elites on the top. You know, why isn't the Communist Party like, I don't know, 70 or 80% of the entire populace and they actually, or more? Why is the Communist Party everyone? That's what I want to know. Why is it like limited to a one percenters? It just blows my mind. It feels to me like everyone who's in that 1% should just be like, if you really wanted to keep it in a hierarchical structure like that, to just kind of decide if they think the people around him who voice their opinions to him at least think they're right or not. You know, like for every person who's in the Communist Party, they should be over overseeing like personally thousands of people, you know, and hearing their gripes and understanding their woes of daily society and what they need to do to fix them and take their advice and everyone in that communist party can come together 
they, hmm, well, this is what this guy thought. And I, I paid attention to what he was saying, and I wrote down, like, you know, my top ten of all these topics of what people are thinking about it and how to fix it and what should happen. And all these people in the comedy can party, you know, take those lists and narrow them down, you know. You're just, like, distilling it. This is what the communist system should be. It should be a distillery. Yeah, I feel like you just, like, throwing, you need to, like, throw in all this grain and all this water and all the problems of the world that the communist party has to deal with, which is the people, right? And they distill it down because they are actually in direct contact with these people. And there's enough of them. I mean, if it has to get bigger, it has to get bigger. There's enough of them to be able to be in contact with all the people. I think that's step one for the communist party. And if you need to have, like, 10 million or 50 million people, you know, in the communist party in order to, like, deal with all the gripes and problems with society, you know, and, and bringing people together, then that's what you got to do. But I'm saying everyone should be in the Communist Party. You know, but then you distill it down and you distill it down. But it can't be like strong controlled. Like anyone in the Communist Party who's kind of doing like fucked up weird shit, they can be instantly removed. You know, everyone's just like, no, we don't like this guy. And he just drops out. You really can't have it too concentrated either. Because you're just following a Western way of doing things. You know, how can you say you're a party of the people if there's one guy in charge? That's not a party of the people. That's a party of one guy. I mean, what did they say? Like, anything the, the leader of the Communist Party says today in China, he just thinks it or says it is fucking law. And that's basically what Trump is doing. Trump is doing the same thing. He just he just does whatever he wants, and it just fucking happens. You know, no one stops him. There's no way of stopping him for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, no matter what we do, like, politically or judicially or in the media, it seems like no matter what he does, it just happens. Because one party is all, yep, we'll let him get away with it. We won't allow reasonableness to fucking govern our minds. We're just going to keep going with what that guy says. Because he makes us the ones in power and we're right and we can try to start pushing buttons and making things happen that you know people and constituents on our side want to happen. You know, the, the real special interests of the Christian coalition and the gun owners, you know, who have absolutely no compromise in anything that they put out. You know, and these people, and this is what bugs me the most about them, is they have absolutely zero compromise on issues. They have no compromise on abortion. They have no compromise on guns. The two big hot topic and things. They have no compromise on immigration. And, you know, and it's just like, they're the party of no. They're like a wall. It's like talking to a wall. This is what I think of the Republican Party. It's just a big, giant red wall, you know, with gold trimmings. You know, it's a giant red wall, gold trimmings, and the gold is the, the Christian coalition. You know, they got, they got them telling, what, telling them what to do. They're all up there saying, and, and you know how they do it? Where do they get gold from? They get it from the banks. The banks give them the gold. They're just like, here you go, take your gold. The Christians are like, oh, thanks. And they spew it on top of that wall, and that wall is the Republican Party. The party of the people, the red party of the people, is that wall. And that red party of the people hasn't been working for the people in fucking 50 years. At least the Reagan administration Yeah, and quite honestly, sooner than that, because that's when the, the seeds were sown to uh, you know, leave the way the Republican Party used to be. You know, back in the day, the Republican Party, in my opinion, was hijacked with the whole abortion thing. You know, they pled to the hearts of the people, and the people listened. And they stepped away from you know, people coming together with unions, you know, and working together. They, they stepped away from reasonableness. You know, that's what Republican used to be. It used to be reasonable, straightforward, 
kind of guy who wanted to make real solutions to real problems in front of them, you know, like, you know, someone who needs to use some construction equipment to knock down some trees or, you know, cut some logs, you know? He's a reasonable guy. Not, you know, hearing someone nag way behind him about the fucking abortion thing endlessly. You know, and he's like brainwashed by that just so he can get his guns because he realizes how important those guns are. And that's what I get. You know, I get you guys on guns, but they got to be safe. I can see where Democrats are coming from. You know, but I get it. Guns should be everywhere, in my opinion. It's the only way to solve the problem. You're never going to get away from this problem until it's solved. The only way to solve it is to change the gun culture in America back to the way it used to be. There was nothing wrong with the old gun culture. I mean, yeah, it had its problems because back in the day, people were super fucking violent. But I think today, if, you, if every American armed itself, them, him, or herself, you know, and used guns responsibly, we had a gun culture that trained people to be responsible in high school, you could totally bring back the gun culture and be safe with it in America today. And no one would fuck with us. But you'd have to, like, you'd really have to have a gun culture where you didn't allow, you know, everyone gets it. You don't allow crazy people to get guns. You know, if you, if you grew up and, you know, you think black and brown people are bad or Democrats are bad, you shouldn't have a gun. I'm sorry. You're kind of like, I mean, I know that flies in the face of what you believe, but it's like, you hate people. People who hate people just fundamentally, right from the beginning, shouldn't have a gun. You know? <clears throat> if, a, if a Democrat, you know, just absolutely hated, you know, anti-abortionists, just wanted to gun them down, of course they shouldn't have guns, right? I mean, no-brainer. But uh, we just want to hand out guns to anyone. That's why we need to gun, bring the gun culture back. So we know who to hand the guns out to. You know, and it should be, you have to take safety and understanding of guns in high school. I mean, I learned guns in high school. I was on a shooting team. I wasn't great at it, but it was decent. You know, whatever happened to that? I always thought, why isn't this catching on everywhere? Guns are great. You know, I don't understand why we didn't have gun, gun uh, uh, teams in all the schools. It was very controversial. I understand now why. Because it's very controversial. They're trying to get rid of them. They're trying to end war. You know, okay, let's end war by taking away guns from the people. Isn't that what the Nazis did? I mean, I hate to bring that up, but that's always what the Republicans say. You know what? I gotta agree. You know, fascists can't take over until they take away all the guns. The thing is, the fascists can take over by uh, using religion. You know, religion fascism is still fascism. And you know what? I hate to say it, but, you know, there's a separation of church and state in this country. It's just a fact, and it's not there anymore. The Republican Party, like I said, has been hijacked. hijack a rooney it's, it's happened already. It's not even like something that's going on. I mean, it's done. It's like, if you're like, believe in the Republican Party, you know, it's been hijacked. And you're there because of, the only reason, and they, they pander, the, the, thing is, the thing is, they pander to those who actually vote. You know who vote in the Republican Party? They're religious, especially because of the abortionists. You know, religion, you know, want to say the whole family values things and the uh, the gun owners. You know, it's like they pander to a certain group because that group will go out and vote and that group will kind of give them a, um, there's a word for it, but like that that's what they're, that's what they put them in that position for. Their constituents put them there because, oh, they have a mandate and their mandate is because that group or is the group that, that votes for them. But, God, it's hard to really say. So, 
So I guess how you, the only way to really fix it is you have to have someone who's like, say, pro-gun, but is also pro-abortion and women's rights to a certain extent. And then have Democrats vote for a Republican who is pro-gun, but pro-abortion. So basically this guy would be pandering half to Republicans and half to Democrats to becoming what I would call a moderate Republican. Because a moderate Republican cares about one thing. It's safety and security, there's people, and everyone around them with guns. Because guns are enshrined in our Constitution for a reason. And maybe believes in something I say when, when I say we're supposed to have church and, separation of church and state in this country. Otherwise, they're going to turn it into Iran. You know, it's, it's like a Christian version of Iran. That's what my opinion is of it. You know, religion should be in the family and not out in politics or, or politics controlling our military or, you know, people in charge controlling the rhetoric of, you know, the mass media through these actions. You know, it has a, it has a rippling effect to our entire world and our economy and, you know, those who have the power and those who don't. You know, I hate to say religion is a bad thing, but, you know, when it comes to politics, it is. Just straight up. I mean, religions mean good, and religious people are, like, nice people. I get it. You know, and you'll find good, nice religious people in all religions. But when they get in politics, they want to push their views on what should and shouldn't be on others. And they're pushing their religion through an institution that's there for all the people, including those who don't like your religion. Who, or, you know, just don't want to deal with religion. You know, those people are there too, and they don't want to be your converts. You know, and that's the problem. They're, they're trying to push, push conversion into a religion through politics, through politicizing the morals of that religion in the country. You know, and that's how they rise to power. This is how, you know, the Christian coalition and the, the Republican Party has risen so high as it has today, and it controls it. It controls all the rhetoric of it controls the direction of everything. And the reason this, this is such a scathing review is because I'm one of those reasonable guys. You know, I see a problem, I look at them and like, this is the fucking problem. You know, I'm not trying to like, you know, be anti this or pro that. I'm just like, you know, how can you be, I, like, take a portion of it. You know, how can you be a woman and say, women shouldn't have the rights over their own bodies? You know, this is the whole abortion thing. This is it's, it's people's rights to have control over their fucking own bodies versus someone's pointing their finger at you and saying, you must take care of that baby because you're a bad person or you were irresponsible or you, have, you like sex. How dare you like sex? You know, or, you know, whatever reason, you know, they point their finger and say, you got to be responsible. And then someone standing there is like, I have my own body. I mean, I'm the one making these cells within my own body. And if I can have a... Uh, <clears throat> what do they call that? A miscarriage. And I can have a miscarriage of my own choice. And that's what I feel like an abortion should be. It should be like a miscarriage. If you can have a miscarriage, you can have an abortion as a miscarriage. And I think that's like the ultimate goal, I would think, to where abortion should go. It should be technologically driven, goal-oriented, you know, driven ways of bringing down the time of abortion as being the same throughout all the country, you know, and bringing it to a point where you can detect it, you can do something about it, you have time to think about it, and you can still get rid of it as soon as possible, if need be. 
And I think if you could bring it down to under a month, I mean, it, I think it would really quell the whole religious point of view and justification of persecuting America with its moral values, you know, and fucking up the entire reasonableness of the Republican Party. It'll quell enough those people in that heart, in that side, in that fringe group, that really pushes that ideology to to the fringes to be to be you know, for better terms or another marginalized, you know, as they've marginalized everyone else. You know, what what better justification would there be in the world than the marginalized marginalization of people who marginalized the world since you know the, the dawn of time? Well, as far as human history can go back as far as marginalization can be recorded, it's religion, you know. They always marginalize everyone. They marginalize each other. I mean, they marginalize their own religions. It's like, blows my mind. I mean, if you don't see how religion's fucked up in any other way, I mean, how can you not see it when you see Muslims hating Muslims or Christians hating Christians? It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? You can't even get along in your own goddamn religion. I mean, what the fuck? There's something definitely wrong with you and your religious leaders who preach this shit. You know, and that's the problem. The people on the top, you know, not only do they say they hate Christians on the Muslim side, or Christians say they hate Muslims, you know, it's, they hate each other in their own groups. They're so bad. And they try to control everyone. And they do it in Iran, and they're going to try to do it here. And it's funny. People just, like, eat it up. And like, yep. Top, 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 top. I'm going to eat that borscht all day long. That's what Trump does. He eats the borscht. He believes, uh, he just eats it up. And I think it's great. Trump is like the, uh, the poster boy of everything that's wrong with this world because he pushes everything to the max and is trying to do it all. He's just trying to like make all this stuff happen. He knows there's something wrong with the world. And he's the guy here to just fucking either pull some strings or smash something up to make something move to make it happen. And he's doing it. But quite honestly, it's just like, I don't think he knows what, what to even do with the world. He's just like following these like old plays that have been done in the past that don't really fix anything. And I think if you really want to be a true, truly great leader, you have to have a truly great inspiration to truly change the world. You know, like, you know, one thing you can definitely do that no one can bitch about as, as president, he is the number one guy in our military. And quite frankly, he can turn every one of those nuclear weapons into nuclear power like that. I mean, you want to talk about changing the world? There you go, Mr. President. I mean, just plug those suckers in. Fucking, I mean, it would power the world. It would, it would definitely power America. We'd save endless money and energy on not having to uh, <clears throat> you know, have our citizenship pay for it out of pocket. It's it's free for everyone. Free electricity for everyone. You know, how much money would that free up for everyone to spend on other things, right? Talking about, you know, quadrupling the consumer spending for the next 10 or 20 years, right? And on top of that, we have endless jobs available. And on top of that, you would get rid of this whole greenhouse, uh, you know, greenhouse gas issue. You would electrify every car because it's just, like, readily available for free. And you could, like... Really waste electricity when you have nuclear power. You can have drones that can fly around in the air. Instead of carrying heavy batteries, it just flies from like pole to pole and charges up as it flies along. There's no reason you can't do that. 
you know, the amount of money you save by doing this and, and, and all the money you can make by being the leading exporter of energy in the world. Not only that, you're the leading exporter of energy in the world. I mean, holy shit. Not only are we fracking and we've got the most oil going outward, we have the most energy going outward. You want to talk about taking the power back in the world? I mean, what more power is there than nuclear energy, right? We'd have more power than anyone. And the ones who could rival us would be Russia and China. And quite frankly, I'm all for it. They could power that side of the world. Why not? Maybe they could all work together with with the energy. You know, and that really solves us solves the problem worldwide. You not only do have free energy for the world, and you bring manufacturing, and you boost the economy, and you make jobs, and you have a high tech future. Mostly, you get rid of the whole calamity everyone's talking about is the fucking nuclear arms that are. You know, everyone says they want to get rid of them. You know, and do, and do you really want to get rid of them? I mean, Mr. President is like the guy who ends nuclear war. I mean, talking about the biggest president ever, right? I mean, we're saved from the brink of destruction. I mean, what big, bigger legacy is there than that? Other than everything I just said. I mean, if people are so myopic, like, oh, we got to put money here and not money there. We're going to bitch about money, money, money. And some fucking issue that we've been bitching about for fucking decades it just flip-flops around and no one can make a fucking agreement on anything this just blows my mind like so much is wrong with this country and the world and it's like man mr president you know you could instead of listening and pandering that one group or two groups that you know kind of everyone in the world hates which is racists and bigots and hypocrites you know how about stan you, know, you could still pander to some people, like the corporates, you know, and the, I don't know, there's not a lot of, and the gun owners, definitely the gun owners, the corporate people. And you could start maybe, you know, getting some votes on the Democrat side. How about that? You know, you're never going to win an election with the Democrats hating you, but you're going to try to win an election with just Republicans, like, beating their heads against Democrats, who, quite frankly, no way would elect you. They're going to do everything they can to see you out of office. But there is another alternative. You could walk away from one half of the Republican Party and then try to get people on the Democratic side to come together on this stuff. We talk about solving a couple issues at the same time that they've been wanting to get rid of. Nuclear war, free energy, jobs for nuclear power and security. Um, <clears throat> what else? Oh, saving the environment. Creating a futuristic world based on all this electricity, you know, it's just like ugh, this one act could solidify your presidency, fucking, in so many ways. You can get reelected re one, which is what everyone wants to do. No one get reelected. I'd say, you, know, you do get reelected and quit. Like, fuck this place. <laughs> I'm giving up this shit. Washington, what a fucking cesspit. Like the ultimate statement. Like you just solved everything. Like, eh, I'm done. You drop the mic. That's what I would do. Like, boom. Not only I'm the one guy who went in there on one side, and you know, and I was like, you know what? I'm reasonable. I'm gonna fix this shit. And then not listen to either side and just did shit that actually did fix things. Sometimes I worry he's too bought out by money and concerns of wealth. I mean, that's what this guy's lived on his whole life. I mean, his whole life has been about money. And this guy, I mean, Mr. President, Mr. Trump, spent his whole life just 
His whole culture, since the day he was born, is just rich and powerful and entitled and connected. And he learned all the tricks and tips from everyone he knew while growing up to be the guy he is. I mean, it's amazing the life this guy has lived. And he's not happy. He's never happy. It's like, oh, got my name on everything. Got all these buildings, endless amounts of money, endless amounts of debt, endless golf courses. Fucking, I got my own TV show. It was popular. People actually fucking liked me back then. You know, and then I'm president. Still not fucking happy. It's like, man, this guy has lived the life. And it just shows you, like, no matter how much you have, you'll never be happy. And this is what happens when you aspire to be so high. You know, people just keep looking up. And I kind of wonder, like, Mr. Trump, you're up at the top. What's it like up there? I mean, you you don't look up, do you? I mean, do you, how can you continue to look up? You're on the top. You know, what you might want to do is, instead of putting your eyes upwards about those trying to pull your strings at the top, you could avert your eyes downward instead you know, download the rest of us in the world and try to fix all that shit instead. You know, so what if you piss off some insurance or banker people and some some fucking assholes from probably the United Kingdom or Britain, royalty ass, ass wipes, you know? All that old money people, right? Fuck them. You know, you're a new money guy. You know, you made your enterprise based on working in this modern world of ours. Now, are you really that in with that old money type people? I just, sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder if he's just like really doing what he's doing or if he's just like doing it to show just how bad the Republican Party is and the Christian coalition. It's like He really isn't like friends with them, quite honestly. If you think about it, it's like, hmm, if you think about it, <clears throat> he never really liked them in the first place. <clears throat> and they didn't like him. But they cozied up to each other. But I wonder if he's pandering to them just to show the world just how fucked up and broken this world is and this country. You know, the system's rigged. You know what? He might be right. But it's not the way you think. And he says the system's rigged. He's trying to, like, you think he's trying to be, like, down on Democrats and down on freedom and down on society and, you know, and liberties and rights, right? But what he does is he shows the system's broken. By making the broken part of the system show its true face. That's what he's really done, in my opinion. Because one thing Mr. Trump has done that I think is great, is just like absolute genius, is that he's really brought to the forefront all this stuff that the, the Christian Coalition and the hijacked Republican Party has just been slowly kicking that can down the road for fucking generations. You know, he's just like, it's like all up there in front of you. This is what those in power on that side want to happen. And this is who they are. And that's what he really shows to me. Like the cult of personality of a guy to just show everything, all the issues that are wrong with the conservative coalition and the Republican Party and how they've taken it over. I mean, I have nothing against Republicans. True Republicans. I have nothing against them. But this hijacked version of the Republican Party, I don't like it. This is a religiously run political system. Straight up. I mean, tell me it's not. Look at your people in charge and how many of them have a little gold cross on their lapels. Or how many of them just like preach about the Lord endlessly. 
I mean, it's fine to be religious, but the amount of religion we have in the Republican Party today and how they kind of, you know, pander to people to get elected, you know, it really shows you that we don't have a separation of church and state in this country. We like to say we do, but let's be honest. Let's just be honest about it. We don't. Just straight up. There's no pause required. It's just like, yeah, we know. You know, and I can see, you know, liberal sides comes to sick and tired of it. But people on the on the Republican side, you know, aren't you sick and tired of it yet? Aren't you sick and tired of pandering to religious right to get elected and, you know, to justify keeping guns? And I think keeping guns, you know, should be a right of every American. And you could still, you know, be pro-life and pro-women's uh, pro bodies and pro-vices that the Republican Party or the conservatives don't like, like marijuana and alcohol. You know, remember they try to get rid of alcohol? They try to get rid of cigarettes. They try to get rid of everything. They try to hold you to their moral values through law. And that's what's wrong with it. You know, it's the same thing in my eyes as, you know, just the starting point of, you know, where religion can go. Because you want to talk about the extreme of where the Christian conservative party could go. If they ever had full power in this country, it'd be like Shira Law or the Ayatollah in Iran. You know, and that's the direction they really want to go with it, in my opinion. If they, and, and they won't. I certainly hope they won't. But if they ever had the chance, that's where they would go with it. That's where they want to bring the world of tomorrow into a religious state. Let's be honest. We're the, they're the majority. They've marginalized everyone else. And it's funny. It's like it's such an unrealistic option, too, if you think about it. Because over time... They're just no longer going to be the majority. And this is what they're afraid of. This is why they're grasping at their last straw here. This is their last grasp for power. Because after this, they're going to be the minority. I mean, religion's fine, but quite honestly, it's on its way out. You know, people aren't as religious as, they used to, religious as they used to be for a lot of reasons. Because it just separates people. When you can be religious, that's fine. I have nothing against religion. I feel like if you're religious, you should be of two religions. The religion you follow and be a Unitarian. Because if you're not a Unitarian, then you're just going to be a fucking bigot in your religion, in my opinion. If you want to see what religion is like, then why don't you understand the rest of religions that God has placed on this planet? I mean, that just fucking makes no sense to me. Like, oh, I don't want to know God, but only through my book. I don't want to know the reason that God would have placed all these other religions on this planet. But you know what religious people would say? Be like, well, those aren't God's religion. They were put here by the devil. That that's what they go to. It's like, yeah, that's a devil's religion. Which ones are a devil's religion? Oh, all of them except mine. You know that that's basically the attitude they cop. Because if you don't follow the original exact, for one reason or another, you're gonna go to a less great place when you die. And this is where they try to get you. Like, oh, when you die, you're not gonna go to heaven. You're not gonna go to the real heaven. You're gonna go to like middle heaven or some fucked up bastardized heaven, or you know, or you're gonna go straight to hell. You know, that's their attitude, and it's wrong. It's just the wrong shitty fucking attitude to have. That's just like fucking saying they hate, you hate someone because they believe in Santa Claus or something, or, I don't know. It's just, it's just wrong. It's just not a loving, kind, gentle, peaceful, you know, leading, morally ethical way of running society when people think like that. I have nothing wrong with the religion, so long as they keep it to themselves and it's not like it's taking over politics and taking over the world. 
You know, and, then, and that's what's going on. They tried to moralize the world through codification of the religion. This is why we have a separation of church and state, again. Do you want codification of religion? Well, guess what? It's here already. You know, it's all up and down our system, and one party is just constantly pushing for it. Now, I'll agree with the Republican Party side on guns. Fucking bring back full automatics. But I gotta, you gotta tell you, you gotta bring back gun culture and gun safety and promotion of guns. And guns that are safe. Every gun, this is the one, the one thing I think we should really follow if you're pro gun, is guns that can only be used by their owner. You know, people are trained and people are, you know, certified full automatics or semis. And if they qualify, you know, everyone should have a gun. And it should be it should be like a promoted thing that everyone carry around a gun. It's just like a fucking wallet. You got your keys, you got your phone, you got your wallet, you got your gun. You know, or some personal protection device. And if you're not carrying some personal protection device, then you're not an American, quite honestly. And if only you can use it, because it's a safe gun, then you could leave guns anywhere, and they would be safe, so long as the person who used it didn't use it for an illegal action. You could have a gun hanging out with a bunch of 50-year-olds, playing with it, clicking it, <laughs> pulling it apart, putting it together, you know, clicking it against their head. It won't do anything. You know, it could even be loaded, and they could do that, and it won't go off. Why? Because you're not the registered user. And when some, one of their friends steals it, and then sells it to the criminal down the street, it still won't work. You know, and that's where I'm getting at. You get the guns in the hands of the people, and you get your guns out of the hands of the criminals. Because criminals, guess what? They can't get their hands on the gun because they're under thumb or biometric ability. Because uh, uh, <clears throat> they're not, you'd have to, it's not that you have to register people, you'd have to register people that are considered illegitimate able to own a gun because they do violent acts or they got mental disorders or this or that right so instead of making everyone register for a gun what happens is is <clears throat> you'd have to have some kind of you'd have a database just for people who are bad right that's all you'd have if you if you don't if you're not in your database as being a bad person and and you could have a code you have a could have an encoded biometric to match a, a level of training as well in order to get automatics and semi-automatics and make it anonymous at the same time. It's like, it would like come in like, hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one because then you get down to registration and a centralized control of the ability to get guns, which I don't like. I mean, there's got to be a way around it though. I've been thinking about this one for a while. A way to register owners and yet, and yet keep it... <clears throat> Anonymous because guns can never be traced because you know it's just right to self-defense for life. But yeah, like when you buy a gun, you imprint on it, and you're the only one can use it. And if your imprint isn't in the database that says you're a criminal or an insane person, it'll work. But if your imprint and you're not on the criminal database system or you're not insane it'll work but if you are on it it won't work and that's at point of sale and then the person who put that in there on that gun when it was sold you know they uh, would encode it that they checked like this is your number 
That way, there's no way, and they only their number would work with being able to encode guns. But yeah, you'd have to have an encoder kind of system that shows who the encoder was, and that that encoder is licensed to be an encoder, to certify that that person went through a background check and didn't come up as a negative. If they didn't come up at all, then it's fine. All that you have to look for is if they come up. If they don't come up, then gun sold. You're not in their databases being a bad person. You can do the uh, the connection, and the person who owns that, you know, they can allow like their spouse or people in their family to use it or their friend, but they'd have to put in like maybe a code or something, or put a code in for temporary use, and then a code for going somewhere to get it encoded in the gun for permanent use. And since it's not taboo, then you know there's no big deal if your wife or kids can use it. Or don't use it because you know they shouldn't because they're too young and they haven't gone through the training, right? That's the thing. There's, there's just like multiple ways of skinning these cats of these hot button issues without putting the morality in it and having one side versus another of absolute this or absolute that. And that's the problem with the world. We have like these absolutes, and I'll tell you, you know, Republicans, conservatives think they're right, and liberals think they're right, and really, I think you need to come to a middle. You know, I think pretty much every issue you can think of, you can come to a middle and it'd be a better solution than either side by itself. You know? So why can't we have a, a gun culture? You know, and have them safe. You know? Why can't we get rid of nukes and use them for free power to bring back the economy and you know, get rid of greenhouse gases right now, not like 50 years from now. I'm talking like right now, gone. Why can't we do that? Why can't we do? Too, why can't we get rid of a bad thing and make it a good thing? You know, why can't we get rid of abortion and make it a good thing by letting women have the control of their bodies, <clears throat> but uh, allowing everyone to have access to it at a very young age, and not even telling their parents? It, quite honestly, you know, I'm talking about like junior high girls, right? I mean, I hate to go this far, but, you know, a woman's right to have a baby goes back into when they can have a baby, and that's all there is to it, right? So in return, you know, those who hate abortion, we can end this, we can bury this hatchet by using technology and the ability to have access to these technologies and, you know, like a hormone patch that's under your skin that can, like, you know, <clears throat> monitor your hormones at all times, so you'll instantly know if you're pregnant, right? And then you just like, if you're pregnant, psh, you spray foam, and then you can get it anywhere, right? It's like one, two, three. That's how simple it is. But what you do is you bring down the age or the the time which you get a pregnant uh, an abortion. You know, this is what always always grapes everyone is like. Oh, we didn't know we were, we were pregnant. Well, if you have the implant, then you would know, right? So that solves that plot problem. And it's available to everyone, so you know. So therefore, you have the justification and the means now, because you have the implant, to bring down the time of what you can get an abortion. And so instead of having, what is it, I think it was like three months or the first heartbeat or blah, 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 whatever state says what, right? You could bring it down to under a month or maybe even less. You know, at, at some point, I mean, is it good enough to bring abortion down to like under a month I think it is I think that will quell 70 or 80 percent of the people who complain about it on the conservative side 
to get them to shut the fuck up already about it. I mean, if I was a Democrat, I'd be more than willing and welcome to bring technology in and bring abortion down to like under a month. As long as we can get them to shut the fuck up about it finally, to put it to bed, put it to rest, not complain about it ever again, and make women's rights standard. And every day, you know, to the point where, you know, a girl entering junior high who's sexually active can have access to an implant or you know, an abortion film, whatever they need to do what they need to do, or a pill. There's no way we can't compromise on this. And it's the same thing with the gun safety. Why can't we just have safe guns? What's wrong with that? And you can bring the gun culture back. And then immigration, I think, why not have Mexicans work in America? Fuck it, give them the Mexican card, American Mexican card. You look at the backgrounds, they're not criminals. <laughs> Fucking go for it. You get paid one third of what an American makes. You know, bring back manufacturing. You know, have people in America move to Mexico. Now people in America who've been saving their whole lives and can't afford shit still can move to Mexico and buy a piece of land. You know, that would be great, wouldn't it? It'd be like, fuck this American bullshit. And this fucking modern society that says I gotta work and be a slave and just save your pennies and fucking move to Mexico. If you open up borders, the Mexicans are here and we're down there, and then why can't we have a cross border police force? You know? Why can't, why can't security be in Mexico that's supported by American government? Wouldn't that be great? You kill two birds with one stone, you know? You solve a lot of problems in Mexico, so they don't want to don't all want to come here because all the economic problems down there and crime, right? And they solve the whole crime system, the whole crime problem they have down there, and the lack of jobs and the lack of high sta higher standards of living. And how do you power it? You send nuclear energy down to Mexico. I mean, this is just like, why would you do that? It seems like a great idea to me. And you can stop all this this immigration right at the border. Right there. And it's just you and the Mexicans from now on. Not you the Mexicans and all these fucking even I hate I say hate to sound negative about it, but you got MS thirteen, they're like way down south. I mean those people just would straight up kill you. I mean that's let's be honest, MS thirteen, you're you don't mind murdering people. I mean that's a fact, right? You're just talking real life. You know, civilized society doesn't like that hanging around in their society. So, I think it'd be a good idea if society stopped people like that at the southern Mexico border. A lot easier to control. But people don't want an open Mexican border. People don't want a manufacturing capacity to compete with China. I mean, if you open the border up, Sure, you got like Mexicans running around in America that can make, you know, three, four dollars an hour. They make one third American wage, let's say. They work everywhere. They take all the jobs. Well, guess what? Everyone can now move to Mexico, you know, buy a trailer and fucking fish the rest of the fucking year. You know, just do like car mechanics or whatever the fuck you want to do down there. Create your religious communes. You know, I don't know. But man, it's so much cheaper to live in Mexico right now. The amount of money you have in America, sell all your shit, move to Mexico. That's what I say. Sell your car, sell all the shit you got, stop buying shit, conserve your money and 
you know, save up, like actually do it. Live in a tent for like a year if you have to. Go, go work lift and then live in a tent or couch surf or live in someone's garage or their attic or an extra bedroom. You know, find people who set you up and then make some money and then move to Mexico. One less person in America that has to work a shitty job they don't want to work, who's marginalized, and then another Mexican come up and take that job. Win-win. People can leave this this workforce that no one wants to live in any deal with anymore that is unfair and move to Mexico. And then Mexicans can come up and do all the jobs. And the people who are trained in all these jobs, you know, guess what? Quit. Just quit. They don't want to give you wages that are, you know, high living wages. I, I feel like everyone should just keep demanding higher wages when this happens too. That's another thing that really puts a strain on the system to force them to change. To, you know, instead of keeping all the money at the top, actually have the money work for the people who actually do all the work on the bottom. You know, open up the floodgates of the money that you stole from humanity. You know, quite frankly, I think when that happens, if it happens, you know, that just proves the value of money is worthless. I say throw it on the streets. One day I feel like everyone should just like start throwing change on the streets. Start throwing dollar bills on the street. You make if you make a good living, just just throw money out the window. Like, uh, I feel it's worthless. And then people who walking along need need some money. There it is. It's just lying on the ground. They don't have to beg for it. They don't have to prostitute for it. They don't have to go steal for it. It's just lying on the ground. They don't have to go to some. They don't have to go to some centralized banking or you know charitable or you know some institution. You know, they don't apply for shit. It's just lying on the ground. If you make a ton of money, if people are paying you enough money to fucking make a great living, because you keep demanding higher wages and the money just keeps flowing down from the top, and just throw the money out the window. And now it's even more evenly distributed. You know, no one's like saving and holding on all of the money. You know, people who actually make the money and actually help the system change by being in the system itself can still stay in the system. It's not like you're either with them or not, or you're against them. You can still work in the system and change the system. If you demand more money for your labor, as the labor gets smaller and labor becomes less capable because they're all Mexicans, because all the white people move down south to Mexico, you know, if you did that, you demand higher wages. And if they didn't give it to you, you quit. So that means they gotta go find someone else that they can't find, and you go move to Mexico as well, or you know, stay on someone's couch. They gotta find someone else they can't find a fill position, or they gotta train a Mexican, you know. But you know they're not allowed to hire the Mexican. You can't you can't replace a high tech, you know, white collar or American job that was lost or someone quit with the Mexican. I feel because that I feel like the Mexicans are here to do the extra labor, not to replace people. You know, you can make America a manufacturing country again, but really they need to be. It's like almost a two tiered system, kind of like a Chinese system. You know. The Chinese system works in a way because you have a tiered system of people who make less and people who make more. You know, but instead of segregating it, it could be combined. It'd be like a hybrid of it. But yeah, the more people ask for wages, the more money they get because the banks will have to open up floodgates to make the system continue working on their abilities. And then people just throw the money out the window and it distributes even better. And the more money you make, the more money you throw out the window, I feel. And it just like totally brings down the whole monetary system that controls us all. And that's really what's controlling humanity. I mean, there's like a couple of root causes, you know. 
there's you know religification of politics that's destroying humanity and then there's money which is destroying humanity because fucking let's face it anyone will do anything for money right like give enough money you can always find someone to do anything right and that's half the problem with humanity they just don't work together to make the system work <clears throat> Most people would say I'm crazy thinking all this. I'm pretty sure. I'm the super nut job conspiracy. Quite frankly, I have read a lot of them. I I believe in the ones I believe in, and I don't in some of them. I believe a lot of them are probably possible. But uh I kinda think I'm right on this. I really do. And the funny thing is, it's because it's so big, people don't see it. It's like you don't see the trees through the forest. Or you don't see the forest because of the trees. You know, the, the big, big, big thing is invisible because all you're seeing is the trees. You're seeing the little things. It's just so big, it's just like people would never believe it's true. That's just not possible. But, you know... I mean, look at our world today. Is it is it utopia? I'd have to say no. I think any reasonable person would be like, if you ask the world, ask everyone on all sides, is the world perfect? Is it a utopia now? Are we living in the utopian golden age? People would be like, no, we're not. I mean, any real person who's like, has any idea how horrible the world is, would I be like, nah, we don't live in a utopian world. Maybe some rich people think it is, because they've got all the money and power, but... Quite honestly, I think probably 99% of the world if asked that question would be like, no, we don't live in a utopia. <clears throat> then there's something wrong with it. Am I right? You know, how do you fix something that's so ingrained and has, con has controlled humanity so greatly on all levels you know, without like just getting rid of it? How do you change it without getting rid of it? It's like expecting the banks to like give away all their money or politicians to give away all their their power because of what they say and then fucking people with guns with guns go do what they say you know that's the politician's power or the religious person you know this is it's the same thing on all sides they all push their power around for their own benefits How do you get any of them to give up the fight to be right? Like religion. It's like it just seems so illogical to me that they hate each other. Because, you know, they say God's perfect, right? Okay, no matter what God you believe in, I think all religions kind of say that. And if God's perfect, then why the fuck are there other religions on this planet? You know, really that. I mean, it's just illogical to say God's perfect, and yet... There are like a thousand different religions on this planet. So therefore, to hate and be discriminated against those religions, you know, says you don't believe in God's perfectness. Because if you believed in God's perfectness, you would be accepting of those other religions and be peaceful with them and not hate on them and not try to compete about who's right about this fucking God thing. I mean, it'd just be like you accept them for what they are and let them live their lives and believe what they want to believe. 
And all religions should do this. And if all religions could do this, everyone could be religious and fucking get along. But that's the problem. Everyone's extremist. And the only one can extreme, st stop extremism is people within their own religion. Christians need to police up Christian extremists. Muslims need to police up Muslim extremists. And you're never going to stop extremism by getting the opposite side to try to police up the opposite side. You know what I mean? You can't get Christians to go in there with the guns and police up terrorists on the Muslim side. Because the Muslims will always get pissed. It's the same with the Muslims. You can't expect, you know, Christians to like that you you bomb people in their in our country to make some sort of statement about how much you hate America. We don't like it. And yet you let them get away with it. You let you people in your country allow this extremism, allow this rhetoric to hate, and bring these people together and finance them and arm them and send them over here and fuck up our world. They don't, we don't like it. Who, who likes that? No one likes that. No one likes bombs blowing up in your country. So yeah, we have right to not like the Muslims. You know, but you know, Christians, guess what? You push the buttons. You prop up dictators. You, I mean, the American government, you know, everyone who backs them, you know, we propped up the Taliban during the Cold War in Afghanistan. We propped up Saddam Hussein. We propped up, we propped up uh, the Saudi Arabians. Everyone hates the Saudis in the Middle East. They're the rich assholes. They're just like the fucking, the Trumps of the Middle East. Everyone fucking hates them because they got all the money and they got all the power and they got all the oil. And they piss all over everyone. They never give anyone a fucking share. It's just to keep it all for themselves. And you want to fix the world in the Middle East, fucking spread your wealth out. I mean, you people are more alike than different. I don't know what you're all hating each other on. But wouldn't it be better for Muslims and Arabs and, you know, whatever tribes you're from on a whole if you just fucking spread the wealth out instead of concentrating it all into, like, these super rich dictatorships we got going on? I mean, what the fuck? You want to talk about fixing the Middle East? Well, then everyone should get a fair share, not just you and your country. I'm talking about the people you hate as well who are, like, more like you than not like you. I mean, who's more like you? A Muslim in the Middle East or a Christian gun-toting Republican in America? I mean, whose side are you going to take here? You hate each other more than you hate America, it seems, sometimes, to me. It just makes no sense to me. You know, and... and you know how you get rid of extremism, it's just everyone gets a fair share. And everyone feels like they get a fair share. Guess what? Extremism is going to go away. And that's the problem. And it's, and it's, a, just, it's a just argument that people don't get their fair share. You know, I get why, you know, people in the Middle East are so pissed. Because the majority of them, they fucking, they don't get a fair share. You see all this glorious wealth and it's just like the same bullshit's been going on for hundreds of years. Just like the kings and queens of Europe. Just like the tyrants all over the all over the globe. It's the same shit all over again. Of course they don't like it. And who props up all this bullshit? The American government. Our government. The people we give our taxes. Well, I don't I don't give my taxes to. You know, we're the ones that prop them up. We're the ones that justify it. We're the ones that let them get away with all this bullshit. And of course they hate us. Why wouldn't you? Would you like it if like, you know, if Canada was our neighbor or Mexico was our neighbor, and they were just like had all this military and you know, gas and money and 
know, all this authority and then you just start, you know, creating shit going on at your borders in your country. Of course you'd hate the country that props up both Canada and Canada's over here trying, you know, fucking up America. You would hate that. You know, if Russia was like, if Russia, like, influenced Canada to be communist and hateful to Americans, of course you would hate Canada and Russia. Now, why wouldn't you? Because they're the same. In your eyes, they would be the same, right? They're right in your backyard. They're right there on your border. That's, that's, that's my biggest point is, is like, when it's in your neighborhood, the people that prop up this dictatorship and ways of doing things in your neighborhood and it affects your life, you're not going to like those people and you're not going to like the people who back them. You know, Saddam Hussein, like I said, Saddam Hussein, he's our guy. Saudis, those are our guys. Everyone fucking hates those people. FYI, America. This is why we had a war in, in Iraq. People fucking hate Saddam Hussein. We finally figured it out why. He's a fucking dick, right? We propped him up, though. He's our dick. <laughs> Quite literally. The big old power dick. Yeah, that's what these, you know, Western cultures have done all over the world. They just sliced it up. Lines in the sand. Every one of those lines, guess what? Just divide and conquer. They just, they sliced up the Middle East and Pakistan and India just right so that each one of those lines they made was a line of hatred and a line of division. Because they just mix it up where everyone just fucking hating each other. And it's a fact. You know, and then they institutionalize these democracies you know, which theoretically would be good, but democracies are so corrupt, especially in the Middle East. We're, you know, the Western cultures, we, we brought that there. You know, it wasn't great before that. We had the Shah and, like, you know, religious leaders and tribal leaders, but, you know, at least they kind of got along, right? In the traditional ways, I mean, it wasn't that bad, you know, compared to today. You know, things, people think things were bad in the past, and it's like, yeah, they were bad, but holy shit, look what we got going on today in the Middle East. You know, no wonder everyone hates everyone. You know, you've done the whole white man thing in the Middle East just like you did in America. You're taking like a semi-peaceful and yet free group of people, marginalize them, and then brought white culture and banking and, you know, civilization to their lives. And quite frankly, I mean, are they better off? Yeah, because back in the day, things were pretty shit. You know, as far as technology and logic and thinking and reason, yeah, they're better off. But with all these institutionalizations of power that, that comes along with it, no, they're not better off, quite frankly. These institutionalized ideas of democracy are so rife with corruption and greed and self-interest. I mean, show me one democracy in the Middle East that isn't corrupt, or Africa, or, I mean, just so many countries. Democracy... I mean, it's a great idea. It's a great idea, but and I hate to I hate to be negative on it because it's really the best thing we got going in this world, right? The problem with democracy is it's corrupt, just like communism, just like socialism, just like all the other isms, right? Because all these isms, democracy included, they're all like republics. They're all concentrating power at the top, no matter which one you pick. You know, they all have this hierarchical, pyramidal structure. And really, if you want to talk about democracy, and we never had the technology before because we didn't have cell phones and technology, but the real democracy could work if we had the communications. We never had the communications, so of course no one expects direct democracy to work. No one expects the citizenship to be responsible for itself. No one expects 
you know, citizenship to have be armed, you know, as highly and be the actual government, right? You know, no one's ever tried that. No one's ever like made the citizenship of its country equal and the government and, you know, everything. You know, it's just like, it's never happened because we never had the technology, but now we do. And that's what I keep thinking. It's just like, there's no way of really fixing this hierarchical system. You're always going to get this division of left and right, rich and poor, this religion, that religion, this race, that race, this interest or that interest. It's just like, you know, the laws of old and laws we want to make and copyright. It's just like, dead, bang, and blah, 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 blah. It's just like, it's just it's this huge mountain of mess that you can never untangle. You can never untangle it. And I'll tell you, that that's, that's the key thing to understanding where I'm coming from. Because if you really think about it, there's no way of getting all these cats to herd together in one direction. Because every cat, you know, it's like trying to herd cats, right? You want to get to go one way, you push it you know, in the opposite direction you want to go, right? You want to go left, you pull right. And, that, and that's how you got to be with... That, where was I going with that? I'm a little off of the herding cats thing, but yeah. Just so when you like, you make hierarchical systems, you get all these different hierarchies and different like strings pulling in these like pyramidal shapes in society, right? Just gotta imagine all these like little mount mountains or little little tiny pyramids all over the place, and they're all working against each other to vie for more power. Everyone wants to be a bigger pyramid, a larger religious pyramid, or the largest money pyramid, or the largest political pyramid, right? Or the largest country pyramid, or the largest that pyramid, special interests, right? They're all trying to vie for power. And if you try to fix any of them, the other one's just gonna try to vie for more power. Wherever you create slack, the other ones will tighten up on. And that's that's the whole problem with all these different types of hierarchical systems going on where people in power have say, and yet the people who actually exist in society don't have any direct say. And that, that's the problem with like representational government. And it's it's lazy and it's easy, but you know, if you want to have a system that works and a world that works and the government works and works for the people, it's by the people and for the people, the people need to fucking get up and not be lazy and be responsible for knowing what's going on and making decisions and you know having a consensus to know you know where do people stand on things and we'll come together to like a middle ground somewhere fucking make some compromise and be done with this shit you know government doesn't need to be hard as soon as we get to the point where we can compromise on everything and a, a checkbox of your left or right or middle you know <clears throat> there's no reason you can't have a world government or eventually you know i would think a good rule book for one country that utilizes this, this system would be a good rule book for any country that utilizes this sort of system. You know, as long as you pick one of three, you know, left, right, or middle, you know, all the laws can be the same throughout the land on every issue. You have your extreme left, your extreme right, and your compromise in the middle. And every state could be different. Every country could be different and to the point where, you know, it's just like. You move in a flow of an area of the world where people are more conservative or people are more liberal. And if you don't want to be in that area, then don't live there. If you're going to live there, you're going to, you got to go by the flow of the majority in that area. 
And quite honestly, it doesn't even have to be states. It could just be like a zone of, you know, people are more this or people are more that. At least until most people come to the middle. I think eventually you can come to a compromise on the middle ground on everything. On everything. There's no reason you can't. If the world starts coming together and realizing we actually do have a voice and what we say matters. And <clears throat> people realize that we've taken responsibility for governing ourselves. People will be more accepting of it. You know, who can complain about a world where if the majority rules and the majority is the people, that's the word of the people directly, then who are you to complain? Because if you complain about one thing, then they have the right to complain about things that you've won on, right? If, the, if you're like so strong on one stance and you lost and you go complain, well, that means when you're so strong on another stance and you won, that means if, you, if you're going to complain and be a spoiled sport about it, they can come complain to you that you won, right? It's, it goes back and forth. So if you want to break one side of the system, you're going to break the other side of the system. So this is why it works, because if, if, if one side wins a consensus and people accept it, people can't complain about it because otherwise you'll lose your ground on other issues. So you accept one thing and suck it up for losing to win on other things. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to really describe it. It's like it's a give and take, you know. If a consensus comes where you know people can come to an agreement on something, and you got your dissenters, those dissenters just shut the fuck up, you know. Make that shit take the back seat, and you can win on something else maybe. Unless unless you just have like mindset that just hates everyone in the world and the consensus of the world. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you're just not a very modern person, stuck in the past. <clears throat> I think maybe you should let your their children decide. You know, if your head's if you're so bigoted, you can't overcome your bigotry and hatred. And maybe you just shouldn't participate in the system, and you know, just stay quiet and let your children, you know, have a voice instead. And stop trying to brainwash them all. <clears throat> Man, I wish I could read back the stuff I was thinking about earlier. This is the one negative about recording what you're thinking instead of typing it. I like them both for a couple of reasons. Man, I was like going off on everything back before. But it actually ends up the government in power though. I always try to think of ways, you know, how can you fix this or that, right? I used, this is how I used to think. I always think, well, if I can't do anything, if I have all the power to do anything, how would I fix this? You know, you got to think on like the biggest scales. You know, could you be Superman just like lays all the, the nukes when they go up, right? You know, how would I fix this or that? And I come to realize it's just like, you can't just fix this or that. You have to fix everything. And the only way to really come to a, a perfect society, a utopian society where everyone just gets along and it functions and works, you know, it's efficient, <clears throat> meets the needs of the people in an effective and environmentally friendly manner, you know, that's like, you know, moving forward in the world and in the space and better technology and standards of living and equity amongst people and limitations that we set for ourselves like population you know, live within their means. You know, just like all these things you can do. The thing is, you can't just do one other thing. 
or two things. It's just like, it doesn't solve the problem. Because every time you try to fix one or two things, all these other things are just kind of like, like I said, pull up the slack on that lack of power anymore. You got to fix everything at once. And that's really hard to do. And it's really hard to fix if the institutions that support the old ways are still standing. I mean, I hate to say you have to break it all down, but you, know, you can break it all down and yet still remain existing on the remnants of the things that kind of were, that were good about the old system. And there's a lot of good things about the old system. Humanity has built a ton of shit, but you know, the problem is, is a lot of it's just shit. You know, there's a lot of good things. There's like little jewels here and there, but a lot of it's just shit. Like this whole patent and copyright thing. Talking about a rig system. It started out as a good idea, but with the way they've changed things over the years, none of their none of their arguments to me hold up anymore. All it does is stifle humanity's abilities and cooperation and development and making the world a better place, all for the benefit benefit of a few corporations and rich people. Because all they do is extend things, and they modify things, and they just make up all this bullshit to fucking not allow certain things that once they've gone past their patent of copyright to be public domain. No. They just always keep tweaking things endlessly to get rid of that. And it's and it's not in the spirit of the law. I have to say, like, because of the spirit of the law has been lost, that the whole fucking system is void. It's just void. Get rid of it all. There's no way. You can keep going with the system like it is. You imagine a world where like all this patent shit was just free that, you know, has gone past that original you know, intention of you know, just giving the person who made that patent or copyright or idea or music or whatever, you know, a benefit for a certain period of time for their work. Not corporation. Not a corporation. The person that actually made it. You know, the person who worked in the corporation should get that benefit, or a portion of it. If 20 people work on an invention, then 20 people should get the majority, if, if not all, of that. Or maybe the corporation gets a percentage, a small percentage. But yeah, I mean, this this really gets this really moves a lot of the, the greed that corporations have for, you know, intellectual rights and copyrights, and still promotes the uh, incentive to come up with new right ideas because it gives incentive to people who work for these corporations or, or just people in general to come up with ideas and give it out to the world in hopes that it does catch on. Because that way you can just, it's even more efficient because that way people can just come up with ideas and let the whole world know. And if anyone can use it, then the idea can take off. And then if they're using it and they're making benefits for society where they get credits or money or whatever, they can give their portion, a large portion of that to the guy who invented it or people who invented it, you know? It just streamlines everything a lot better. You know, and, it, and you can connect this with computers. Like, say you're making a new a new device and everything that's sold it's on, that the, that the company makes, is on the computer. When you sell something, it's like, instantly tracks it. Beep, beep, beep. And then every time one's made and sold, boom, it goes instantly straight over to this other person, a portion of that. And there's no getting away from it. It's just, it is what it is. And if a company is making stuff on someone's patent and ideas, that's open to the world, but they still have to give a royalty to the, the actual inventor. 
They can use anyone can use it anytime. They can give the world to the original inventor. If they're not doing it, then that would be illegal. That company, nope, gone. If you're doing that, and you're probably barred from doing business. I mean, take away the one thing that would hurt them the most. It's not the money. It's not the time. It's their ability to do business again. Now it's like, oh well, now I've got to get a real job, like digging ditches. <laughs> They'll put people in line real quick. Because then they'd be barred from doing it again. <clears throat> I don't know. You kind of kind of have to do certain things a certain way. To get people to work together. And yet, at the same time, you know, bring all the efforts and abilities of humanity together to make these changes work. You know, you got to kind of do the left and the right. You can't just be one way or the other. That's what people don't seem to get. I mean, if you're liberal, you gotta see things from a conservative side of the world. If you're conservative, you gotta think, see things from the liberal side of the world. I mean, we like to battle it out as two different cultures, but really, I don't see why you can't come to a modern middle culture between the two. I mean, look, the conservatives, I mean, you hate black people, but guess what? They created a lot of our modern culture. So, there you go on that. You, you hate Mexicans, but guess what? The whole cowboy culture, it's Mexican. So, I don't get you on that one either. No, no. They're both, you don't like guns, but, you know, who do you think made this country free? The people with the guns, right? That's fact. It's amazing how far this country has to go to fix itself. Sometimes I wonder if anyone out there can actually do it. Other than me, unfortunately. Quite honestly, I don't want to. Last thing I want to do is try to fucking get this world to work together. What a pain in the ass. When it comes to me to do a shit like this, Ask anyone who knows me. I'm lazy. I would rather not work. Make money doing like passive income and never work again, quite honestly. And I spent all my time not doing shit. Because I invested well. And I'm also like sicky. He didn't let me bother with shit. I do not want to change the world. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only one who can fucking understand it. Because my family is such cynics. And they see all these problems. And at the same time, I've always been kind of a problem solver. Whenever I see a problem, I always just like, hmm, you mentioned me. How would I solve that problem? And I'll tell you, I think of a lot of physical problems to, to fix things, you know, like making a drone that you can fly, right? <clears throat> But really, I think just the biggest problems in this world, if you think about it, is just government money and religion. You know, the big the big push button problems. That, you know, divide and separate humanity. If you can fix anything, it'd be shit like that. 
I kind of realized, I was like, you can't just fix one or two, you have to fix all three at once. It really is the only viable solution to the problem. The thing is, you can never get <clears throat> the people in power to give it one ounce of power to solve these problems. If you really think the religiously black, religiously back, political people in this country, I mean, banks and corporations to pay for making this country <coughs> green so the environment doesn't go to hell and destroy humanity. Because guess what? Humanity doesn't work with a pork in the water. If you think that's going to happen, you're fucking crazy. And support if the seas rise, it's just more money making opportunities for them to sink us under more debt. I mean, quite honestly, I mean, they've been stockpiling trillions of dollars in the banks, just waiting for this day, in my opinion. I think the world is just another money-making opportunity for the banks. That's what I think they're thinking. That's why they don't care one way or another. I mean, if you have a double the amount of income you have over the next 20, 30 years, paying for and making debt for the entire global climate change, you know, climate protection of cities and ports, you know, if your mentality of a banker is like, well, hell yeah, more money, more power, they'll do it. That's the mindset they have when it comes to this global catastrophe we're facing. They don't care. They'll be in their air-conditioned yachts or their underground bunkers. You know, they'll wait it out. The world tears itself apart. <clears throat> Because they ain't going to fund fixing everything once it does. Like they care. They're in their gated communities. Now, this is why they have that mindset. This is why you need to get rid of these gated communities. Underground muggers of government and those in power. It just, it just fosters the idea that, you know, they can fuck this whole world up and it, it doesn't affect them. It's like they have no skin in the game when you have a bunker like that. I fix this world? Yeah, I'll try, but, you know, this is their attitude. I'll try, but if it really goes to shit, you know, it doesn't bother me. You know, this is all how everyone in Congress thinks. They're going, I'll be fine. Mess up the way you think.
the Tingleberry. You get a Tingleberry. Let me see. Like what a pain it would be to try to get people to wake up to these ideas. What a pain. I mean, it'd be an interesting like life project that's just like, ugh. Apparently it's the idea that you refine and bring it down so <clears throat> people from all sides can see my point of view on it. Dumbing it down and smarting it up at the same time. What a conundrum. But also putting it in formats in the ways <clears throat> that people will actually see it. And yeah. if it takes place and gets bigger, then you know, governments that like to stop information can't stop it. You know, it has to be a worldwide effort. It's just the nature of the beast, so to speak. The whole world will come together to fix the world. Then, how do you fix the world? You can imagine a world where it's just uh, all nations got rid of nukes except for one North Korea. No, we're keeping our nukes. Fuck you all. It could be Russia or China or America. Whichever. We don't get rid of all the nukes. This is our problem. You'll get rid of one like maniacal banking cartel that tries to rule the world, or insurance agency, or political organization, and you don't fix the problem. The problem is still there. Some old girls got things, but man, we're gonna saturate fat on these things. I need a whole box of these things in one soon. Not good. You're so good. Website that kind of take to take action in videos for you know how to do it, <clears throat> like you know, 
Fallout slide sort of thing, or maybe some interactive game. There's like there's all these like little media things you can do together, like just bring the whole thing together to congeal. Like boom. You know, things that change the world doesn't have to be a weapon or a religion or political movement. It can just be ideas for just how to see things to come together and you know, how an effect makes another effect and how you can make real change and take the power out of the hands of people who have done do not, doing nothing except fucking up this world for fucking generations, right? You know, people have never like actually <clears throat> taken the power back from you know those in power, except maybe like at the beginnings of the French Revolution, right? <clears throat> or the beginnings of the American Revolution. It's always the beginnings of revolutions where people have actual power. But you know, like every revolution, or every change of power, it always seems there always becomes this hierarchical system of power. Even in those, we never have a system where it's just people change the system and bring people the power to people, and then the people retain the power. Like what they say actually fucking matters, and, they, and they're actually active in knowing what matters and participating vote constantly, weekly, necessary. But quite honestly, we never had technology to. Like, if we had cell phones back in the French Revolution, then I think you totally could have done this. If people didn't flip out that you had a demon device in your hand, right? <clears throat> but yeah, it'd be great. We could do that today with cell phones, and technology and internet, and securitization of our phones and data, and transparency with our leadership and systems. Just like, and the first rule is transparency. If you're not transparent with your data, all data, you break the law. Just there's no if, ands, or buts. You can't begin to make a logical understanding or conclusion about if a system's fucked up without the actual data. Everyone not only underreports or don't report at all or destroy data. These cops are just like destroying data on the verge of you know a requirement of California, you know, <clears throat> law as passed by the voters to force them to make all this information. You know, past issues with the police, you know, available for scrutiny. And now they're all just burning records. They'll go, they're gone. It's like, what the fuck? They just did it. And it's fucked up. That's what you get. If you can't have transparency in our leadership, then the leadership's broken. Like, that's just like step one for leadership. And I'm talking about, even in like a pure democracy, you're going to have a leadership because not everyone has the time to learn about everything in democracy. So, you know, people will just vote like, you know, whoever they think knows the most about what they're concerned about. They'll just like, like a vote comes up instead of just reading about it and voting about it, they'll be like, okay, where did my guy vote on it? Or my five guys. You know, my five guys, I trust these three more than those two, so I'll vote this way. Or they'll just like say, well, whatever my guy votes, I'll also vote. They won't even change, they'll just push the same button. You know, and that gives them clout. Like, that's where your politicians come from. It's, it's those light people on the top who actually read and know the policies and know what's going on. You know, and they have like 50,000 pe people who below them vote exactly like they do. So you can have like a direct democracy. And it may not be direct where everyone 
you know, knows everything about everything to vote for it, but it can be a direct and, you know, they don't abstain from it, but they delegate their vote to someone who knows more about it than them. So, so you can have a democracy where people have an actual say in it and actually vote in it and actually do do a direct democracy, but you don't have to have people have to know about it all the time or get really into the specifics of law. You know, and they can support them. Like, the more people you have uh, under you who follow you for voting, you know, you could support them with, with money. That could be like your full-time job. Once they get to a certain level, I don't see why not. And it, it helps bring democracy back to the people directly. You know, people feel like they have a direct say in things. So it's like, it matters. As if everyone thinks they don't have any say in anything anymore. Especially the presidential election. I mean, can you imagine the world today if the Electoral College didn't exist and we actually had the popular vote? We would have lived in a world where Gore was president and history continued after Gore, you know, and he just passed it off to another Democrat. Obama would have been president. And then after that, Hillary would have been president. <clears throat> we would have had three Democrats in a row if it was just by popular vote. But it wasn't. It was electoral college. I mean, wow. Talk about a change in history of the voice of the people has been heard, right? You would have solved the greenhouse gas problem and environmental change problem with Gore. <clears throat> I don't know it would have been different with Hillary, but I think it would have been more of the uh, same status quo of the Obama administration and solidify, solidifying and normalizing everything he just made instead of being torn apart. You know, instead of like marginalizing people. Like I said, I like Trump because uh, he shows everything that's wrong with the conservative side and how they hijacked the Republican Party. <clears throat> and you want to clean up the swamp of Washington? Well, there's a big part of it right there. Religion taking over half of the American political system. It's a pretty big deal, but no one wants to talk about it. Because like, oh, we feel religiously persecuted and marginalized. Well, guess what? Welcome to the fucking world, religious people who feel marginalized and are white. You know, black people, Mexican people, women have been feeling marginalized for fucking ever. You know, welcome to the human race. This is what it feels like to fucking be a human. Feeling marginalized. That fear you feel, and every time you want to pull out a gun because you know some black or brown person walking by and they're tromping on your rights, well, guess what? Their rights have been tra trampled on for fucking generations. You know, I can't really sympathize with them because I didn't live their lives. You know, white, white male. But, you know, I can kind of, I can, I can, I have a good ability to empathize with people. You know, I like to empathize with Native Americans because, you know, they're the ones who got trampled on the most. And another reason I'm able to empathize with it, even though I'm not Native American, you know, like a Native American is, I am personally Native American. So it lets me, helps me imagine what it would have been like being a Native American back in the day. Like, I can kind of really imagine, like, yeah, I could get what it would be like being a Cherokee person, a Cherokee tribe. I think it would have been pretty cool. But yeah, I didn't experience that. Just like no Native American today, you know, Cherokee or not, any official nation or not, didn't actually experience trail of tears. But, you know, our people did. You know, one of my ancestors walked across that land, just like yours.
You know? Like one of my great great grandparents, or maybe their parents, or something like that. None of us were there. But our, uh, our ancestors were, so I'll take that for what it is. I mean, it's not my full heritage, but it's a portion of it that I like to feel that makes me feel a little more American, you know? I may be white, but, you know, one of my ancestors was native, so. You know, whose wasn't, right? You go back far enough. Everyone's a native from one country or another at some point. Let's think about being American. Don't you modern American? Can't really be like, oh yeah, this is like all my ancestry. I just point one thing. Most Americans are a mix of something or another. Mostly German. Mostly white German. Which is why we have a lot of nationalism in this country. Which was systemic from back in the day. When uh, Germany was more racist. You know, the wars. You know. You know who would, I know it sounds very controversial, but the persons who influenced all that white nationalism in World War II, the Nazis was, you know, everything they read, so that came from America. You know, it was American racism that inspired Hitler to do what he did in a lot of ways I've read. I mean, I was there, I don't know for sure, but that's what I've read. It seems logical to me. America was quite racist at that time. fucked up the human races sometimes. I just can never get over it. Just how fucking dumb people are. They just allow themselves to be divided and conquered. It's like as old as history itself. The, the whole division, divide and conquer thing. <clears throat> it's nothing new. And yet, it pervades everything in society today still. And people don't even see it, they think it's the norm. It's like, oh, that's the world we live in. This is the world they created for you, and you're brainwashed to believing is all it can be. But, yep, that's the world we live in. No one sees the, the world that could be, though. I always like to imagine, like, a world like Star Trek. You know about Star Trek, and you know what I mean. Quite honestly, I don't know why we're not heading there. Or the conservatives don't want us to go there. <clears throat> I mean, the space race is what, in the 60s? Are we in space yet? Not really. That's been put way on the back burner. No nuclear power, no space world, no space world, or no space race, no flying cars. No robots, no AIs. It was all put on the back burner until they seized full power. Now it's back on track. 
but not all, but not all banking industry, corporations and religions, they back everything. <clears throat> they have a lot of the power now. So of course they'll continue to try to consolidate more of that, I'm sure. I think they're really hoping on global warming to consolidate their power. Because there's this unstoppable force that they've created. And yet people still buy into it. I'm kind of wondering when the best timing for something like this would be too. It's like there's this cause and effect thing. It's like, as much as I don't like a lot of what Trump stands for and his back in the Christian coalition and this modern republic white racist rhetoric movement we got going on, I do like it all the changes he's making just by bringing tons, I mean tons of attention to all the ills in our modern world <coughs> and this. Christian-backed conservatism that quite honestly is, and it's not just Christian too, but a lot of conservatism is just pushing through in this world is making it like it is. Especially like the Russians. They just have like this one guy in power and the whole reason he's there is because the conservative Christians are allowing him to stay there. They are backing him. And they say they're people of peace, but, you know, as long as they they win and they get what they want, they care less about peace, it seems to me. They just want to make... 
religious government or a government that listens to religion basically and whatever else happens money economic power you know they don't give a fuck as long as they can get what they want <clears throat> but people just don't see it they think it's a good thing and going out countries like Iran being in western democracies in Russia just what I wanted. Not good. You can't tell people that. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to realize the mistakes they've made over the past generation or more. I mean, who would, right? But at some point, you know, you're just going to have to be like, either just ignore it and just like say, fuck it. This world's going to shit, I don't care. Which well, seems to be the direction we're going. <clears throat> Most likely we'll go. Or, you just have to fucking suck it up and realize you sucked in the past. And just be better people. I'm trying to make everyone like you. No one wants to be like you. Especially the other guy who's on the other side of the aisle. He's not your religion. You know? Everyone's always trying to force everyone to be like themselves. It's like, how myopic can you be? Well, that's the world of people we live in. A world full of myopic people. If it's not like you, it's not like them, they don't want anything to do with it. It's like someone who's never like tried sushi or Indian food. Mexican food, or I mean, they just eat their standard American food. That's it. How can you live and not have tried like Indian or Japanese food or Thai food? It's like, ugh, what's wrong with you people? You know, that's the same thing with culture. They think everything they they think is right, and they don't want anything to do with anything else. This is like having a very myopic or very small. Cuisine palette. You accept only one thing: hamburgers and hot dogs. Yeah, that's that's the American world that we live in. Of those who follow the power structures, is all they want to hear is hamburgers and hot dogs. They don't want to hear beef curry. They don't want to hear sushi rolls. They don't want to hear like naan bread or grandma masala. Nope. Hot dogs and hamburgers. Pinky. <clears throat>
You guys watch this Netflix series. Love Death Plus Robots. I started with Helping a Hand and went all the way to the end. <clears throat> Helping Hand, Fish Knight, Lucky 13, Zima Blue, Blind Spot, Ice Age, Tolerant of Histories, Secret War. And I really like, oh my god, let's see here. Lucky 13 was pretty dope, especially since I'm in the aircraft. <clears throat> but how they linked the, uh, the idea of coming from nothing and then you know with the astronaut <clears throat> and then uh you know flying around like these fish like he's like swimming in space and then she's flying a spaceship and then here's technology that gets in with it how technology has like a life and the kind of like a feel for it right and you become one with it and zima blue it's like boom the technology it's a human so it's like saying humanity and, and the zima blue is like evolution of what we created into something that's like ourselves and even higher leveled and understand things better than we can right and then at the end he just wanted to be away from all that and just do a simple good job right he wanted to revert back to like a simple version of existence it's like man that's so like genius you know, why go higher and higher tech when you should go low tech? Be simple, right? And how he did those pictures of space and they had the little blue thing, the blue thing got larger and larger. It was like, man, that was so interesting. <clears throat> and then blind spot with the cyborgs, high speed stage heist. That was pretty cool. It's like, who's the bad guy and who's the good guy on that? It's like, were the cyborg thieves the good guys? Hmm. Ice Age is like, man, the evolution of humanity and an ice box. That was just fucking genius. You know, how, how like, just the understanding and thought of God, which is what these two represented was, like, good and evil, watching over them, like, inspired and, like, changed their society. <clears throat> and then when it all blew up, it's like, his face become red, so then he's like the devil. That was interesting. And he was actually a more reasonable one. <laughs> she didn't want anything to do with him. I'm like, oh, what the hell? Oh, yeah, and the alternative history with Hitler dies. Oh, my God. That one, like, blew my mind. They should do that alternative history for a lot of things. Oh, and at the end, they have alternative history. Uh, Lincoln shoots first. I was like, yes, that is awesome. That is so spot on. And the Secret Wars, like, what are all these alternative histories if you do something or you don't, you know? These people stayed there and stopped the darkness and the evil. Blew themselves up in the process. <clears throat> you know, that's the thing. You gotta, you gotta stop the world from going down these alternative paths that lead to darkness and hatred and division. And humanity's always chosen that path. It's crazy. But really, I feel like all those paths have, you know, in some ways or another led us to this point where, you know, we're either going to, like, pick one way with technology 
you know, could be you know, used to control us, or we're going to pick another way when technology could be used to free us. You know, which are we going to choose? We're really at that, that fork in the road. I feel like humanity should pick the fork of, you know, technology freeing us and making us all better people. I don't know. It's tough to convince people of that ideal. People think that, you know, the world is as it is and money rules everything. There's nothing you can do about it. It's like, uh, people are so small-minded. They have no concept of the possibilities of change that could happen and make the world a better place. <clears throat> they just accept it. It's sad. The more I know, the more I'm just like, why is humanity like it is? All just ass backwards. So I'm watching the yogurt episode. It makes a lot of good points on how I want to have an idea on how to possibly change the world of consensus. And the consensus of the people is the yogurt. So that's the thing, like, the yogurt wouldn't leave because the yogurt is us. So we can go into space because we're the yogurt. <clears throat> but you just have to have one place that it works, and then the rest of the world will be notified how it works because this one place does it and then Ruled by ourselves, a neutral version of ourselves. We all agree to the, the consensus of society as we all vote and participate in it. It's like a homemade networking. Everyone just participates in it. Resolve fusion. Take us to your leaders. That's a pretty good thing to solve. Guns and abortion, immigration. The center. Just go to China. They promised us a whole province. <laughs>
Let's just go to China. Just need to find someone. Get rid of money. We will naturally. The politicians. When one group works together, just to make the system work. Too close to the problem to solve it. Gave the yogurt supreme executive power. Of course, some people was like the consensus through computers, rules, law. Who's going to go against consensus? It's like going against yourself. Yeah, it was really good. It really makes you think. Like what people are able to homogenize the thought of the majority of people who who you were with in your zone or country or state or the world. You know, if you could like get the consciousness of it and then put it into a, a system where everyone just sees everything that everyone's thinking. It's like just transparent. And then you vote on it. Like something comes up and that's what will happen. And then people follow, like once it happens, and then you know the rules. You have a choice between the left, the right, and the middle. And it is all this like, oh, we're going to like argue it out in like this fine detail that no one can understand. No, it's like a basic law. There's a left, there's a right in the middle. And whichever one wins is the, whichever one, <laughs> the rules the land in which you live. You want to live in a different state with a different law, then go live there. Left, right, and middle. You know, I hope everyone would pick the middle, quite frankly. Because usually the combination of the two is much better than the absolute version of one or the other. That's left or right. That's just my idea. 
But yeah, I think if you had a world where people did come to consensus and felt like something they said didn't matter, it actually contributed to the save, you know, how rules govern our land versus special interest. And, you know, people only cater to special interests that we elect into positions over us and are backed by big money corporations and, you know, banking cartels. You know, if you, like, decided to just forego all that bullshit and trying to get them to, like, listen to the people and instead just have the people listen to the people. You know, we're a country of the people, by the people, and for the people. Whatever happened to that? Of, by, for. Yeah, that should be on the flag. Of, by, for. Of the people, by the people, for the people. You gotta be. Everyone has to participate. You know, everyone has to make a decision or give that decision of your vote off to someone else, and then accept the the consequences of your decision and the majority that rules. You pick the left, you pick the right, you pick the middle. You know, a, a three rule book legal system of running the world. Now, is marijuana legal? Yes or no? That's all there is to it. Or is there a middle? Is there some limitations placed that are reasonable and equitable and fair and not all about money and greed and special interests? You know, the best thing that you can do for the people is it should be the middle. Fair and responsible. Well, that's the thing. People don't want to be that. They want to be left or right. You know, and then you can have that. You can have states that pick a left, all left, states that pick all right, states that are half. You know, pick some left, you pick some right. And when you go across that border, you just look in your, in your Kindle, you're like, okay, I'm going to the state. What state am I from? All these checkboxes are, are clicked on mine. Then I can compare them to the state I'm moving to. And are they all different? Are they same? Are they similar? And then I got to realize when I go across that border, that means... It'll be slightly different in a different state. So as you go from like California to the Midwest, your laws will change. It'll pop up on your smartphone like, oh, you're going into a different state. Yeah, check it out. There's different gun laws here. Or, oh, you can't get an abortion. And if you're from another state and haven't lived in that state, you're not a resident. Like, here's this is like a thing that you know, anti-abortionists would hate. You know, if you're a female from a state where you you live and it's really conservative and you go to a state that's really liberal, you know, if you're not a resident, then you can't really exercise your right that you're from a conservative state to get an abortion in a liberal state and vice versa. You know, there has to be a timing of it because otherwise you're just going to piss everyone off. If people feel like they're circumventing the system just by moving to another state for temporarily and you know doing whatever the hell they want. No. You got if you're a resident of one state and you go to another state, then you don't get immediate residency. You can't immediately circumvent the system. Or you can eventually become a resident of another state. You can apply for residency, but you know, you can't just do it and then, oh, I'm just gonna go over there and get abortion and pop back and then piss everyone off in my state. I don't know. There should be some limits. Because it's respectful of each other. You know, if you allow one state to get away with doing one thing to people from their state who are family and friends, 
You know, then it can go both ways and it creates problems. Yeah, I just don't understand why people just can't be more reasonable than in the middle. You, know, you can have a system where you don't have a hierarchy of rule, but you have a rule of the people, for the people, by the people. It is not that hard. We have cell phones today. I mean, what, I, what I'm proposing is something that's like, something that's never done before because it wasn't actually technologically feasible. Now, it is. We can have a direct democracy voting you know, consensus style of controlling humanity, not only controlling, but making humanity work by everyone just working together and being transparent. So you can have transparent data and, you know, transparent leadership. Because all of our leadership is ourselves. You know, it's more transparent than ourselves. You know, you're never going to have corruption of, of, of leadership if the leadership is of the people. You know, how can you have corruption... In a system where it's the will of the people that's done directly. <laughs> There's no way. It's impossible. So long as it's it's transparent and it's and it's it's a hundred percent secure, I mean absolutely unbreakable and un and anonymous. You know, I've mentioned this before in other things I've written, but you can do it. With technology and encryption, you know, blockchain. You really can know that someone's, you know, <clears throat> LinkedIn gave their vote, count it, make it secure enough where it can't be undone or hacked into, and then still remaining having it anonymous because you won't know who it is by name, but you'll know who it is by code. You know, it, there's ways of doing this with biometrics and blockchain and computers and verification, you know, and data check or ID check, you know, official places to verify things, you know, you can make a, a secure voting, you know, weekly voting thing where you can either cash your vote or you can give your vote off to be automatically cast as someone who you like, who you think is probably better at being more knowledgeable of things. You know, and you can even break that up depending on what it is. You can move it around at any time. And that's the beauty of it. You don't get this hierarchical structure of power other than People have more voting, not control, but like voting recommendation. A recommendation that's, you know, pledged that you will follow. And that's all it is. It's not a law. It's a pledge, you know. When you say you like someone, they vote, and then the vote comes up on your phone. And you just said, you just look at, oh, he voted this way or she voted that way. Oh, I'm going to do the exact same thing. I don't even have to read it because I know well, the way they voted. <clears throat> it's just a recommendation. A lot of people don't have the time. So, you can't have like a quasi you know, hierarchy leadership, but it's one that can be you know, taken and lost, or like you can gain or lose at any time, depending on how much you know people like or dislike you. Because if you don't do the job, you get instantly out. And it's like a metric that just goes, you know, it's forces up and down all the time. Super binary, where it's you're, you're all in power, you're not in power. <coughs> your leadership is more analog, so you get like these variations of power based on the number of people who follow you and your recommendations. Okay? And there's just pledges, they're going to vote like you are. 
It's not like they push a button and all of them have them. No, they push a button, and then everyone comes out on their phone, and everyone pushes a button right after it. They just sit there. Get it up to 100. Get it up to 100. You know, if it reaches 100, well, once it reaches a certain percentage, it's like, okay, it's good enough. That's 100. Probably like, I don't know, 98%. But yeah, you can totally, like, do that with cell phones. Provided they're done the right way. You know, provided voting wasn't like this thing that happened once every four years or two years or whatever. It was like something that happened every day, and it's like something you just like push a button every time. I mean, the poll is like, what do you think on this? Oh, I think this. And this person's a voter. I'm like, well, then that's the way the vote's going to go because they pledged the vote a certain way. You know, the, con the consensus is basically the poll. You know, it's almost like they become the same thing. You can kind of feel how the, the world's leaning towards by the polling, because you can do polling too through the system. You know, people decide to participate in the polls. And that can kind of start, you know, swinging, you know, uh, conversations on why things are going that way and what what's really pushing the ideas behind humanity wanted to go that direction on whatever issue comes up. You know, like building a border wall or not. Or, you know, allowing Mexicans to work in America for one third day. And Americans are going to move to Mexico. They're making America a manufacturing company again. <clears throat> There's a lot of ways you can do both things and make the world a great place. There's just people who need to open up and be able to work together. And that's just it. People don't want to open up and work together. They just want to own and control, manipulate, and save. and They do all these things that it's just such a base human means of doing things. It's about more and more resources. It's about having more. And it sucks because this world, I mean, that's all there is. You're here to have, you're to have not. And it's doggy dog, and people do what they can to survive, right? And I'm telling you, it's, if people stopped doing that, then everyone would have everything they need. And that's the trap. You know, people think they need to fight against each other, and really they just need to work together. If you work together, you get rid of all the middlemen in this world between you and everyone else that can work together to make this world work. And your politicians, your bankers, and your religious leaders. You know, I hate to sound down at any one of them because they all have good things going on. You know, they've helped humanity in the past, but quite honestly, they're just staying in the way now. They're trying to retain and hold on to power, and we're like on the verge. All this calamity, nuclear war, you know, Polluting our planet, overpopulation, wars, dictatorships, financial meltdowns. I mean, it's, the list just goes on and on and on. Well, everything that plagues this planet. And you know why? Because it's impossible to run a planet from the top down. The only way you're going to run a planet is from the bottom up. And if you can make it so everyone has a choice between you know, where you live in the areas, like your left, your right, or your middle. The whole planet can just have like these pockets of you're conservative and liberal and you know all these quasi states in between. And as long as the whole world uses the same rule book, that everyone just started marrying in other countries and just moving to that country, there's nothing they could do to get rid of the disillusion 
of the borders of the world, you know, and the governments that separate us all. And you just got to start in one country, and then maybe you new, move to another one's nearby. You just start linking them together. And the more of them are, the more of them are linked, and the more efficient they are, just like, shh. They just, it would just start being a worldwide growing phenomenon. Especially when people protest it and they see it and they're like, yeah, I want that in my country. So what they do, they drop out of the system. You don't have to fight in your system. You just need to not participate in it. And that's really the big mind shift. I mean, you can change the world through non-action. Just like Gandhi said. But people don't do it in the right way. Now, you can be peaceful, but you also have to hit them where it hurts. Which is financially. You don't have kids. It ruins their passing off the debt to the future. Ruins their model of financing the world. They just don't have children. Now if you, you, you want to you know, make the world so you can't fight wars across other, to other countries and people to come together in understanding, just marry people in other countries. You know, if you, I mean, don't get married you know, just to get married. <coughs> get married to change the world. This is all these borders. You have like 10 million people living in Russia and China. You know, can you start a, Russian, a war with Russia and China if you're an American government? I would have to say no. That is the same, same as if all these Russians live in America. You know, you can change the world by you know, marrying Mexicans <clears throat> just to bring their labor up here. You know, and get rid of all this racism. We'll bring down those walls between America and Mexico. Why even have Mexico and America? Just make them the same country, I say. You know, it may not be the same country, different different things going on in each one, but the wall, the, the borders could be just as open or more open than with Canada. That's what I say. Maybe have a filter in the middle. Maybe this wall thing's a good idea. And they just have like every like I don't know, major city or hundred miles or whatever, just places you can go through. All day long, no problem. If you're not a criminal or a bad guy, you let right through. Want to walk across border? Go right ahead. There's jobs available. One third pay. Here's your Mexican American passport. Enjoy. Hell, they even probably bus you places. Buses, hey, we need Mexicans to work these fields. We need Mexicans to build these things so we can be a manufacturing economy again. Hmm, there's an idea. Everyone can quit those shit jobs and move to Mexico. Because the border is open. You know, you come and go as you please. That'd be great. Imagine how cheaply you can all live in Mexico. I guess that's saving money. Move to Mexico. Drop out of society. There's so many societies you can do something like this. I still can't put my finger on what would be the perfect country to do this. I mean, I, I, I live in America, so I feel like because America's the leader... Of the free world, which should be America, but I feel like oh, it would be it would be really tough to see America be the leader on this, since they're the purveyors of the majority of the problems of the world. <clears throat> well, yeah, I think you had to do all of them at once. I was thinking about this before. You can't just do one country. You got to do all countries at once, especially the ones where they're blocking. The ideas of thought and liberty and justice and freedom in the world. <clears throat> it's got to at least be there. If it's not there, it'll just be a filter of lies and hatred. 
can't think of which country would be perfect for it. In Mexico and America? Yeah, America really could be it. I mean, because I could see so many reasons America would just like just do all these things I'm saying to think about and showing it work. I think Canada would would totally be in something like this. So maybe Canada, for sure. Mexico, yeah. If you can get those racist, right conservatives to be okay with it, bring manufacturing jobs back to America. I think I think it would work, and you'd be able to stem immigration from South America far easier, far 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 easier. And then you go to Mexico and police everything up since we have this huge bilateral, multicultural open border. The same as we do with Canada. Now, Canadians let Mexicans in. That I don't know. That's something a little different. But yeah, I don't see why you can have like an EU between Canada, Mexico, and America. I think it would be awesome. But yeah, good luck on that. I mean, that would just change the world. You know, from there, I mean, if you can get your shit together like that and then power the countries, nuclear power, you could totally push in, you know, changes for South America once you've proven to work. And South Americans will eventually know the way the new world works. They will all probably want to join up. I won't be surprised. <clears throat> At least a few of them. I can see Cuba joining. As long as they were willing to get rid of their power elitist mentalities. There's not much between the Cuban communist socialist system and a purely democratic one. If anything, it's more so. They're actually just like both extreme versions of themselves. Which are extreme versions of their opposites, you know? Like a pure communist, pure democratic voting system where the people have the power. I mean, that's like the ultimate version of each. Which has never existed, by the way. But yeah, trying to meld the idea between communism, socialism, and democracy is really tough. But in their base level, they have a lot of similarities, <clears throat> other than the way things are possessed. You know, or, you know, you're possessed more by the people, or more possessed of private ownership, or somewhere in between. It's so really it comes down to possession of goods and property being at, you know, a higher social possession or a more specific personal possession. But there's a really big differences. Other than that, they all claim to be for the people, by the people, for the people, right? At their base level, even though they never are because they're always <clears throat> run by a representational government, which never works, never does work for the people. And that's always the flaw. It's always the flaw of all these governments is they're representational 
interpretation of the world of people. That's the biggest flaw. You need to get rid of this representational you know, idea that they're going to do the world of people. They're not. I mean, if you need to see proof of that, just look at all the history of humanity. They just don't. It's just a bare freaking fact. It's just corruption up, down, left, right. I mean, how can you deny it? And when you get rid of the representational part of it, they're very basically the same. If every American <clears throat> can vote and make a decision in the society and is equal, because everyone has an equal vote, 100% of Americans can vote and make changes. If you did the same thing in a communist system where everyone was a communist and everyone has a say in the system, then they're practically the same, really. And the same thing with socialism. <clears throat> but if you take out the hierarchical system, it makes them very much more similar than different. These hierarchical differences really serve to make these different systems empower themselves. In doing so, they set them against each other. In doing so, in doing so helps self-support self that power because they have someone to go against. It justifies their power, not only against the other person to have an adversary, but to their own people. So the people will support them in their rise and power wanting to create these status quos to you know, take more land or take more possession or make more rules or this or that or something else, you know? This is how these governments work. They just want to run amok, take it up land, owning things. You know, and now we have this, this stalemate with the weapons of nuclear destruction, WMD. Mass destruction will blow us all up. This is why we have this non-movement of borders nowadays. It's like, yep, they have us in a fear of stranglehold. You know? How do you change that? That's, that's really a problem. Because until you can change that dynamic, humanity will never come together. It's impossible. <clears throat> and like I said, you could... Marry people across borders. Marry a bunch of beautiful Russian girls. Bring them to Europe. Bring them to America. You know? Have a bunch of Russian American women go to Russia. There's no reason you can't move back back and forth. China too. Chinese, you want to influence the world? Have all your Chinese people go move across seas. You know, empty your cities out. You want to talk about a China that's easier to manage and control? And make work, you know, so everyone has a better life in China and there's no uprising. How about this? Get rid of most of your population and, you know, encourage them to marry foreigners, you know? It'd be great. Imagine a little Chinatown in every town in America. I mean, seriously, how awesome would that be? You know, and you don't even have to have it by government. I mean, they should just see the benefits of it. And really, it's just the people who need to make the decision to do that. You know, people just, just marry an American, marry a British person, marry someone in Europe. Make the, the generational attitude mindset of, 
I will not marry someone from my country. I will marry someone from another country. No matter what. You know, and that alone would change the world. <clears throat> if you marry someone in your own country, you're just giving in to the dogma of you know, religion controls sex and rights to have sex and love someone. And then they take away that right just to give it back to you. Like they had the right in the first place to take from you. you know, and by controlling sex through marriage and family through marriage, you know, this is how they run their rhetoric all over you and get you to you know, get you to continue the mainstay status quo of having a man owning a woman as a father and giving away the bride and another man owning a woman. It's symbolic. It's right there in front of you. And it's like a little mind hook that you know, forces female obedience. I feel like if you want to change the world, females, I mean, worldwide, just stop getting married. Just stop getting married. If you want to change religions like attitudes about you know, trying to run things and, you know, preaching hatred and men that just killing each other for all this hatred. If you want to really stick it to the men and religion that you know, just push hatred throughout the world, just stop marrying them. It would do a lot. Because you're no longer the problem. You no longer subscribe or, or participate in their hatred and their division and their bigotry. Now that's what marriage is. It's possession. I own you. You own me. You'll do as I say. If not, we're all going to argue about it. And everyone's going to be unhappy. No, that's marriage. Marriage is as many problems as it is solutions. And it definitely can be. Because this is why I always avoided it. This is why I never really believed in it. Ah, I was so close to getting married once, though. You know, I, I did promise to, but... Yeah. The no sex clause and the, uh, the I'm going to leave you every year or more, you know, kind of makes me think twice about it. Yeah, that's a different story. But yeah, marriage, you know, it, it even more so like justifies and allows people to control you and lets them withhold things from you. You know, like sex, like money. You know, you get in these relationships with people. They feel like they own you. You know, they hold that over you. It's like a mental hook. Like, oh, we're married. I'm your husband. I'm your wife. You gotta do what I say. You know, the man expects sex from a woman, but they don't want to give it to you. You know, that's kind of like not a good thing. And that's part of what marriage brings. It brings this negativity towards I own you and you gotta do what I say because we're married. You know, and then they withheld it. I mean, sex is a big part of marriage. And how the church controls you. You know, why can't you just love someone because you love them? You know, why are we having to free love? You know, people just stop getting married. You can end all that. If you don't want to be with someone, just don't be with them. If you want to be with someone, be with them. It's just that simple. And all you need to do with the paperwork is 
I give attorney fees and I give her rights for someone to see me in the hospital if I'm ever hurt. You know, this whole friends and, friends and family thing, that's how they control you. That's how they force you to marry each other through, through uh, paperwork, is that they control whether or not someone you love has the right to see you when you're hurt in the hospital or when you're sick or when there's something going on with legal stuff. Only one, someone who's like a, a family member can. And that's how they, they get you to sign that paperwork. Now, what you could do instead of getting married, you could just have paperwork that counteracts that whole thing where only family can see them. Blah, 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 blah. Like, nope. I'm a partner of this person. We're not married, but I have legal rights right here that says, and they signed it, that I can see them while they're hurt. This was signed while they were you know, mentally capable, and they signed it in front of a person who stamped it, who's an official uh, notary of the public. It says right here, and then they have to look at me like, okay, you can see them. And then there's no reason to get married because of, you know, uh, through the legal system. That's the one legal thing that they get you with. It's like a little, you know, fuck you, because if you love someone, you want to be with them when they're hurt or they're dying, you know? <clears throat> This is how they get you. <coughs> they get you on the sex side and they get you on the death side. It's funny. And once you have kids, it's like boom. Then they really got you. And if you're not married, they back in the day they used to be really super negative about it. They just they'd shun you out of the community. It's crazy. How just anti-free love they were. They had a kid out of Woodlock. Man, we were just like fucking evil people. Just like look at how they are towards people back in the day. And that's how they are deep inside towards people who aren't married and have kids. They may not come out and say it. Like, oh, you're a blasphemer or you're a, you're a bastard kid or you're a whore. But they're thinking it. You know they're thinking it. And if they aren't thinking it, well then their parents were thinking it. Or their grandparents were thinking it. And that's the background they come from. You know, you got to make up for the negativities, I think. Coming from a group that, you know, really preaches hatred. You know, for people who say they love everyone and they're peaceful, they sure do preach a lot of fucking hatred towards people who don't think like, act like them and don't follow their moral values. I just love how people who are religious are just, will condemn all society and destroy society. <clears throat> just for the sake of saving them. You know, well, we got to save you from going to hell. If you're not following religion, and my religion says well, this is the way it goes, if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell and you're going to go to heaven. So I'm saving you from yourself. I'm doing you a favor by stopping you from acting like this and forcing you to act like this. This is the attitude they come. Like, they're doing you a favor for making your life miserable, doing things you don't want to do, or try to codify some law to make the world more religious and less free. You know, they're doing it for your own damn good. Like there's a prohibition on alcohol and a prohibition on pot. You know, one was a white addiction, alcohol, and the other was a brown and black addiction, pot. And you see which one lasted a lot longer. It was the pot one.
And I feel it's really hard to get people to let go of all this control. There's just so much of it. And it permeates all of society. And it just institutionalized everything. It's like everything we think is great is so noble, noble and normal and institutionalized. It's just all been tainted with this like this complication and this corruption and this one-sidedness and this winner-take-all mentality. Like, how can you live in a world that's peaceful and just and fair and honest and equitable when everyone's just trying to win? Everyone loses when everyone's trying to win. It's like that whole game where you know, everyone you know, gave, everyone have more. Whereas everyone, if you take, you have more for yourself, but everyone has less. And when given that situation, most people will, it seems, for some reason or another, take so that they get more. Whereas if they gave, everyone would have more overall, you know? Like you get a dollar. If everyone, like you had 10 people, they all put a dollar into a pool, then they all get $3 out of it which would make it 30, it's better for everyone. But what, what you could do is instead, is everyone could put a dollar in, right? And one person could take all the dollars that they want. If there's the only one, they get all of them. If there's only two of them, didn't get, they both get 15. You know what I'm saying? So you get more if, you just, if you're the greedy one. And most people, you know, if you have a group, they're just going to take it. You know why? Because they think everyone else is going to do it. So they might as well get theirs. And everyone ends up getting less. You know, if everyone did that, and then it's basically like you put in a dollar and you've gotten, you know, three quarters of a dollar back because you have to pay that tax. And that's why you get less. When everyone plays this game where we're throwing a dollar in and we're getting a dollar back, and how's it going to go? It gets manipulated because that guy in the middle, guess what? That's your tax man. That's your politician. That's your banker. That's your religious guy. They're all taking a little cut. And everyone like throws all the responsibility and decision making and money into the center. And they expect to get thrown back out with a better result than what they did by throwing it in, right? They gave off all the responsibility. They, they, they don't like care about like making decisions and taking responsibility in society. You know, they, their money, you know, and anything. They just throw it all in the middle and they expect to go back. But they don't. They get less. They always get less. Because everyone always tries to take. They don't try to work together. Do you know what? If, you, if you're all throwing all the money in and no one takes anything, it's like it creates a trust, right? So it's like you can get rid of the guy in the middle. That's what happens when everyone puts in and trusts each other to not be the bad guy to work together and when you build the trust you get this exponential result of efficiencies and working together and coming together to make the most efficient productive means of doing things and bringing the best ideas to the table right you know when everyone's in on something and they want more out of it if everyone puts in the work to make it better you actually produce 
a much better society that has a lot of efficiencies, way more so than a society where everyone just being watching and scrutinizing and counting all the beans and you know putting up these floodgates of money and power, you know, just to let it trickle down, which it never does. You know, it just it's like this giant dam of money that's just hovering over humanity, and the banks have all the money. They have like these gears, the politicians, you know, and the, and the people and the religion. They just have all the ability to like control the flow of those those dams of money and power and influence. And it trickles down and, and most of it though just stays on the, in their own side. They have they have power over all of it. We have no power over all of it. That's the thing. How do you gain the how do you open up those floodgates? You know what you do? You don't open those floodgates. What you do is you don't care about those floodgates. It's the only way to stop it because they've already won. Let me get this clear, people. You can't fight wars anymore. The guns, the planes, like ISIS, it's dumb. It's over. They've won. They've got all the toys. They've got the lasers. They've got the missiles. They've got the tanks. They've got the planes. They've got the bombs. I mean, they've got everything. You're never going to win an argument at the point of a gun. It's over. They've won. It's the same true with other things like money. You're never going to win an argument trying to change the world by using money to solve the money problem. It's like illogical. How can you use money to solve the money issues of the world? Because the problem with the world with money issues is it's just all debt. It's all manipulated because they just keep printing more of it every day. And when you can print all this money and how it goes out in the world, you can manipulate your percentage of control over that. You know, when you're the Fed, you answer to no one. Who's to say you can or can't do anything? No one. No one does. It's the Fed. The Fed owned by unknown private entities in the world. That's who owns the Fed. There's just no transparency in this world. And it's just so bad. It is literally so bad that we don't even know who the, owns the Federal Reserve of America. That's how bad it is. The transparency is that bad. I mean, it's like you know, the, the mountain is so high of the power and the bullshit of the system, of the system, the system we live in. And if you look at the top of the pyramid, you can't even see who it is at the top. It's like it's like a mist. You can't even see through it. That's what the Federal Reserve says to me. Like the power is just so high and prevalent in this country that we don't even know who it is. If you want to talk about the travesty of you know someone not like presenting their power and wealth in this world, that's all Trump you gotta look at. And I love how he presents it as like holy shit. Again, he's geniusly shown that there's a problem in this country. And it's not his tax statements that's the problem. It's, uh, who the fuck owns the Fed? You know, what's their tax statement like? You know, who are they connected with financially? Who are they connected with when it comes to, you know, power and influence? It makes you wonder. 
And this is why we don't know who owns the Fed. Because if you did know who owns the Fed, and you know who they know, and the circles they are all in, and then the chain reaction faster, you're just like, well, wait a second. Are you telling me the leader of this country and the leader of that country, you know, they're really good friends and have a lot of connections with this guy and that guy. <clears throat> and they own the Fed. And they're getting loans. I was like, what's going on here? It's like, it seems to me like it's one organization. It's like, well, this country's kind of working with this country who they usually say they hate. You know, they're just like hating each other so that they can create justification to use taxpayer money and quantitative easing to buy all this shit and make all this shit we don't need, like guns and war and bombs. You know, for no fucking reason other than make it just to make more money for this military industrial complex system we got going on around the world and mostly in America. Quite frankly, the biggest propagators of, you know, hatred and <clears throat> small arms, guns is their direction, insurrections around the world. I mean, you want to talk about purveyors of war, it's America. We ship endless amounts of weapons overseas every year. No bullshit. It's like insane the amount of war that we support overseas. And yet, Americans wonder why countries around the world hate America. And that is a large part of it. I mean, they may not realize it. Because, you know, people in these countries that have these wars, they love American guns. But at the same time, they hate the fucking wars they support. <laughs> they want to win their war. You know, it's like... They're hypocrites by saying they hate America because, quite honestly, they're the ones who really eat up this American way of using guns to solve your problems. Because they're the gun pushers. It's like a crack act saying, God, I can't stand this crack. God damn, I love this crack. <laughs> you know? It's like, this is love those guns. They want to win their wars. But they fucking hate America with their guns. Such a catch twenty two, isn't it? What a love hate relationship. Ah, so this is a whole conundrum of written versus word. I wish I could do written and word at the same time. There is a program for that. I think I really should get. It would really be <clears throat> the best way to go. Mostly because I would like to digitize my voice. That way it's <clears throat> less traceable, anonymous, can be digitally translated into other languages and then digitally spoken in other languages. So I don't even have to learn other languages. I just have to have it typed out, translated, and re, re <clears throat> transcribed by a digital voice, maybe. Definitely have to have some like proofreading on some stuff, I think. To see if it really matches, because those those translators can kinda suck. That's kinda tough. You would definitely be able to tell it wasn't a natural feel. Which is another reason to that comes in handy because then people could put up in the form like, oh, this is kind of what you really mean, but this isn't what it really means. 
And again, you could community form like a proper translation of things. Even afterwards, at least to have a version two or three of it to really narrow down the message. Ah, my head's so full of ideas. Ideas that are completely 100% against <clears throat> a majority of the uh, institutions of society that run us. And that's, God, while it's so amazing, like I can, I can see how it is you can change the world in one full swoop. And it's really the only way to do it. I can also see like just how much People will be so unaccepting of such an idea and would think it's just such a negative way of seeing the world. It's just like, how can you not negatively see the world? The world has got nothing but negative shit going on. And everyone just like, everything's fine. Unemployment's low. I'm making money. You know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, everything's fine. Like, yeah, everything's fine for you. For you, maybe. But guess what? The rest of the world... Fucking everything is not fine. It's the exact opposite, quite frankly. The only way you're able to get away with your ideas that the world is just fine because you live in a fucking gated community. And that's called Europe and fucking America and their allies and all these countries that, you know, adhere to these quote-unquote rules of law and international law and rules of you know, running things with posturing of guns and weapons and, you know, Political or political um, adversarial natures and terrorists or whatever. You, you name it. There's like all these tools these countries use to push each other around. You know, that those are the rules that we live under. And everyone just accepts it. And that's, that's how the world is. You know. Well, guess who makes all these wars, people? Guess who makes all this turmoil? Guess who makes these values, all this currency that we have? To quantify these things. It's our fucking leadership. Our leadership has done all these things. Who do you think started World War One and World War Two? This Cold War. It's our leadership. They make the nukes. They're making more nukes. You know, instead of nuking the world, why don't we nuke the world with nuclear energy? That's what I say. But leadership would never come up with that. They would never be like, nope. That doesn't better our interest of more power. This doesn't consolidate more power on my side. You know, that just gives power to the people. Like literally. You know, power to the people. That's what I say. Nuclear bomb, power to the people. But yeah, that, that's... I, I think it's just such a big solution for such a big problem. A whole set of them. But I think it's just like so radical, people would never think it's possible. But quite honestly, I think it's possible. I would love to like put this idea out there and just put it in every language and just release it on the 5th of November. This November, maybe. Yeah, it'd be this November. Man, that'd be tough. So April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. That's nine months from now. Exact. Maybe having to 
edit all this down into like a, just a basic message. Maybe verbalizing it again, typing it out. But typing it out in like maybe a short, simple version and a longer version, and then translating it all and putting in digital, putting it in different countries. You're really having something that goes with it virally, like an animation or a, uh, a game. Music, music would be really hard for me though. I think an animation would be really cool. Like these little shorts of love, death, and robots, or these clips at the end of Fallout. Just like these little things that show, this is what I mean when I'm trying to do a visual, like what I'm talking about here. You know, all these, like all these Mexicans going work in America. And guess what? The numbers go up. You get all these people working real hard. All Americans can move to Mexico. Guess what? Shortage of labor now. Even more so. Even more need for Mexicans. All Americans move down south? Guess what? You can leave the rat race. Bye-bye, rat race. All your people with, like, all this money for all this housing. and just, There's so many people in America have so much money. Just move to Mexico. Move to southern Mexico and work your way up. You know, start small and... Slowly work your way up with police and military to clean up the crime to adhere in the border. And the border? Keep the border wall up. You know? Let good people pass. Freely and easily. Let bad people stay in Mexico near the border. And slowly squeeze that problem. A wall on one side and a growing military and police force moving its way up from the south to the north. Because Americans all started living in the South and moving up to the North. <clears throat> there are strategies and ways of, of solving these things. But people would never think, wow, open, having an open Mexican border more so than we have with with the Canada. Just... You, <laughs> You got your passport or your ID, and you can walk right across the border as long as you're not a, a bad guy or a criminal who's been flagged. You can walk right across the border. Or a big old thing across your forehead says MS 13 on it. It's a pretty big giveaway. Like, eh, I don't know about this guy. He looks sketchy. He's got gang tats. Yeah, it's too big of a solution for too big of a problem, which is too awesome. This is why you gotta do all of them once. Because you can't put them one at a time. Because you put them one at a time, everyone's gonna be like, oh, I like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. I like that. I don't like that. It's like, you know, it's like wishy washy. Like, I like parts of this. I don't like parts of that. Da, 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 da. Whereas you put it all at once, it's like, okay, do you like the whole thing or not? You know, it's just one big thing. Because it's not like, oh, I can pick it apart. Nope. This is a full-size plan. This isn't a do a little bit here, do a little bit there. Wishy-washy, mishy-mashy. Nope. This is one solid piece. <clears throat> Maybe I can do it in parts. I don't know. Maybe three parts. Yeah. It'd be nice to do it all at once just because I feel like with the way the world's going, this digital wall is going to go up and Everything you say will not be heard. 
that's the hardest thing. It's like, how do you change a world in a world where people can't even hear what's going on at all? That's what the internet was supposed to bring. It isn't there. I'll tell you, you want to really change the world? Worldwide satellite internet and communications for free, worldwide. You know, country can try to, try to block it out. That's fine. What do you can do against that? They can't block out everything. Eventually, they see spaceships up there running around, and they've been blocked out of the society of a free society because they've chosen not to be part of it. After a while, they'll come around to it. I don't know. Later, they just live in isolation. You know, countries that don't want to participate in a new free open world or become a world citizen, you know, then they can live in their own world. They can deal with other countries like themselves. You know, if you're going to be with them, you're with them. And if you're with us, you're with us. There's none of this in between. Because if in between guys is the gateway for the those who are against you to use what you have against you. If you're trying to lead the world into a better place, you can't lead the world to a better place when everything you made, you know, is just given away to those who hate you. You can't. And if, if you, you can make rules to stop it from be, being given away directly, but you can't make rules. You can't stop people from giving it away indirectly. And those who do give it away indirectly, you know, like play those middleman, like they say, you know, giving away American technology. North Korea through China. That would be a good example. You know, that has stopped. No more of that. And if, and if China continued to help North Korea, you know, preventing them from changing from a nuclear you know, pariah in the world, you know, then they're done. You know, you can, you can hang out with North Korea and help, have them help you get shit done. Or be on your own. You know, and if other countries want to help China once they're excluded, then they're done too. You know, be with them. It's one or the other. You gotta pick one. There's none of this in-between shit. You're in or you're out. In or out. In or out. Now, those who try to hold on to a power of the past, it's just unacceptable. You can't make change for the better of humanity by allowing those who don't want that change to compete with you and and keep up with you by utilizing those advances you've made for change for their own benefit. And by utilizing it for their own benefit, it's utilizing it against you. It's like they're taking your tools away from you. You know, using your tools against you. You don't want that. It's like spaceship research. You know, do not give that away to countries that you know, are against you. you know, and, and everything else. This is like, other than like free communications. You know, that's like the one thing I think everyone should get. Uh, it's, it's kind of propagandist, but at the same time, it's a propagandist of, you know, truth and freedom, so... You know, probably the best propaganda you can have, I think. Truth and freedom, equality and peace for all mankind. Yeah, that's a great one. Let's let's go with that one. You know, versus like dictatorships, control. 
you know, if you want to change the world, I mean, stop making bullets. Instead of making uh, free internet satellites. Nothing changes the world like thought and understanding. It's like, hmm, hello people. What changes the world? It's like, it's got to communicate. So you have a well thought out plan. You know, that everyone can follow. Which is, I suppose, made by me. Like the only one that I know who thinks like this. Every now and then I see a little example of people kind of thinking on my, my terms of thought. I say wavelength. I don't think I've ever seen anyone who's put it all together in quite the way I have. You know, it's just a matter of you want to change, you got to know what you need. Have a goal set. And once those goals are made, you know, people will stop dropping out of society and start participating in society again. You know, it can happen can force the world to change instead of waiting on it for it to change because I'm sick of waiting you know I've I've always I've always like included like ideas like how do you force the world to change because you're never going to get those in power to give up any sort of power it, it, the thing is you, you can't win with guns obviously it's impossible you can't win with rhetoric you can't win with religion you can't win with money the only way you can win is by taking away the only power you have, which is to no longer be a cog in their machine. And once you pull out that brick that you are in that wall and walk away with it, and you just become that brick, you, you no longer are the, like this cog in their machine. And when enough cogs get pulled out of their machine, it doesn't work. And here it's going to have to adjust itself to make it way more efficient and way more you know, for the betterment of humanity and conform to these changes <clears throat> of transparency, openness, and you know, coming together to an ideas, compromise. Well, you're going to have to change. It's going to cost them a lot of money. And I, I know they're going to try to throw a, a lot of money at it because they will always try to hold on to power. But, but yeah, once they throw enough money at it, it's just, it creates a downfall and the real means of which they control humanity to make, which is through money. Let's be honest. Anyone will do anything for money these days. Not enough money, you can pay someone and they will do it. And that's how they rule the world. And if there's not enough money, they'll just create it out of thin air. They create their power out of thin air. You know, I wish I could do that. I wish everyone could do that. But it's only for themselves. Yeah, and if you don't participate in the system, and no one else does, and you look to instead of instead of looking up to be aspiring to have more, that you look down and aspire to, you know, have less. So the rest of humanity has more. You know, to bring people on the bottom up. That's how you change society. You know, voice of the people, the consensus of the people, the will of the people. You know, things that are gone today, things that are such a remnant of the past, they don't even have a feel to know what they are. You know, the older generation, they kind of get a feel for it, but they don't either really, I don't think, because they've always lived in their system and controlled as well.
but they kind of get it. Today's society, we just have no fuel for big change, big solutions, and, and the capable and possible of making it happen. Because everyone sees it through one viewpoint of the only thing that ways to make things ha things happen is with big money or big politics or you know these huge lawsuits or getting religious people behind you or getting people with guns behind you or any combination of lots of money behind you any combination of these things you know you get what you want done and then fuck everyone else and that's the problem and when you do that kind of way of you know pushing your power against someone, they're going to just push back with the same ways. You're just going to get these people button heads. That creates conflict. You know, it creates division. You know, instead of being conflicting and divisionary, you know, and promoting your self-destruction, you could work together and come to compromise in the middle. How hard is that? And this is literally the only thing government is supposed to do, is to compromise. And it's the one thing they don't do. It's like, come on, people. Do your job. Your one job is a compromise. They can't do it. They do the exact opposite. They all they do is pander to the most vocal and the most voting portion of of uh, people who follow them on each party. Quite honestly. That will never change. That, that's just human nature. You know, more power begets more power. More wealth begets more wealth. You, know, you never stop looking upward and higher. And that's the thing about wanting more. There's never an end to wanting more. I'll tell you what there is an end of, and there's a limit of, is wanting less. And that's when you can see, where is the bottom? And there's never an end to the top, but there is an end to the bottom. And that's why, you know, striving to have less is a solution. Because if you always strive to have more, there's never enough. There's never enough for people to have the most. And there sure as hell is never enough to help people below them. And there sure as hell is never enough, even more so, to the people below them. You know, but when you look downward, you look to having less. And instead trying to bring the world up from the bottom. You know, pulling the bootstraps of the world up, you know, you can find a bottom in your existence. And if you stay there, everything else you do helps bring the world up. And the whole world can come up. You can empower, you empower from the base up. You know, how likely do you think it is that, you know, the richest rich of and the most powerful people are going to bring those out of poverty out of it or those out of indignation or starvation or economic disparities or you know you name it what's that word marginalization they're never going to bring those people up because they're trying to pull from the top with with money and power, it's like, sure, you can throw a lot of money in at it, 
and you can like play power games, but at the end of the day, it's people on the bottom that need to like rise themselves up, right? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can get someone on the top to pull the people on the bottom up. All there ever seems to do is end up pulling people on the top up. People on top just pull people on the top up. And those people below them are supposed to pull people up below them. But by the time you get down to the bottom, there's like no pull. You know, someone on top has like, has, a, has to try real hard, but even no matter how hard they pull, it's really hard to pull on the bottom people up. And I'll tell you, it's like, if you, if you bring the people on the bottom upward, from the bottom, bring themselves up, well, that's a whole other story. And how you do that? Not by throwing all your faith and money and effort into getting the people on the top to do the work, you know, make the change. But you yourself, you know, looking around you and in the world you're in and looking down at the people who are less, advan less advantaged than you, helping them out, you know. Because <clears throat> if you know your tax dollars is rich, and corporate welfare and the government and the endless quantum of easing, instead you can just give all that money to the poor, you know, and the underclass and the underprivileged. Can you imagine... All the crime rates that would go down around the world and America. You know, all the gun violence that would go down. You know, it's just like, hello, people. You know, there's reasons you know, people sell crack on the streets because there's no jobs. Like, there's one Taco Bell job and 100 applicants. <clears throat> what do you expect them to do to survive? You know, go to your religions or your institutions and government? They don't fucking help them very much. You know, wonder people do what they have to do to survive. You know, it's no justification, but it is. It is, but it isn't. You know, people do what they have to do to survive. And where they can go in and take advantage, find some way to survive, they will. But they're there, in the root cause, they're there in the first place. Because this whole system is inequitable. You know, why do we have so much crime? Because there's, there's no wealth. All the wealth is on the top. <clears throat> and the whole system is built up for that. The accumulation and concentration of more wealth and more power, it just exponentially increases over time. Yeah, I know wealth and greed is a motivator, but you know, it's just like, it's not a motivator at the same time. It's a uh, it's a divider. It motivates and divides at the same time. Because when you seek wealth and more, all it does is make everyone compete. And when everyone competes, it divides. And when people divide, they don't work together. And when they don't work together, it's exponentially less and less efficient. Less and less productive. Sure, you can count all the beans you want and keep your accounts and your debt straight, but the efficiency goes straight down. You got rid of all that bean counting, got rid of all that, you know, making debts and watching everything and yada 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 with money and all that accounting system, <clears throat> and just let people work together. It's like it would be so much more efficient, even with all the inefficiencies. We have so much. Human capacity that doesn't do anything, anything. 
And most people who do have jobs, they could work half the time. And they would probably get just as much done. Because a lot of people don't do shit. Well, there's a lot of jobs where they do too much work. I'll have to agree. But yeah, it's just like, we get all the shit done in the world. If people would just go to work and participate in society. I don't care what you do. If you don't like your job, you don't have to go apply in a place. Just go fucking work there. Like, oh, I'm coming in today. I'm going to do this today. You're transparent. You went and you did it. You you work in society. You log in your your blockchain coin to show, yep, I logged in and I helped out. And that blockchain, the guy who got it said, yep, he did work out. He worked at this place. Or he did this, or he did that, or she did this. I agree. And it can be a person-to-person thing. And each time that, that person says yes, they help me out, then it's kind of like a debit to your overall life give-and-take credit score. Like, how much have you given in life? How's that compared to how much you've taken in life? You know, which is higher and which is lower? If you're blue, you know, it means you've given a lot more in life than you've taken. If you're red, that means you've taken a lot more in life than you've given. And guess what? You're... When someone sees you and you're asking for more and you're red, they're probably not going to want to help you out. They're going to be like, mm, you're kind of red here. I don't think I want to help you out. And you might want to go help other people out. Not me directly, but you know, go with someone's lawn. Go help an old lady cross the street. Go cook some food. Go give someone a ride. Go fix your car. There's like a million things you can go do to help people out. And when someone does that and they come back to you. Improve your rating from red to like pink. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, you can verify it. And since the world's transparent and verifiable, you trust it. And that's the thing, you gotta have a system to trust. Like what's more trustworthy than looking at the deeds of what someone has done in life versus looking at what they try to take from society. It's not just about money, because you can be so corrupt and so taken to society and still be rich. And that's the problem. You don't have to show the deeds and the works that you've done to our society. It's just fucking dollar signs, a number in an account. You can do whatever you want. And it's just unacceptable. <clears throat> it's just so susceptible to manipulation and corruption and <clears throat> the control of people who do things with money and use it in all, all the wrong ways. And mostly the ways they use it is for the benefit of just themselves. And it's a very self-centered, corrupt system they have. Because those who have money and power use it only to collect and gain more money and power. You know, that's just the kind of people who are successful in that kind of system. And really that's a matter of competitiveness. The most competitive people, guess what? will win. And guess what happens when competitive people win? They continue to be competitive. And that's just nature of humanity. And that's the nature of the problem the system we have today. You know, look how rich, um, oh, any rich guy is. There's so many of them. Is. Berkshire Hathaway guy. What's his name? Warren Buffett. I mean, he, he doesn't live a rich lifestyle, but damn, he sure collects up money. The more money and power you have, the more, and the better you are at getting it, the more competitive you are and <clears throat> doing whatever you do that's an advantage that you have in society, be it, you know, making cell phones or 
making investment choices. You know, the better you are at it, the more you can compete with it, the more you're going to win, the more it institutionalizes a competitive nature of money in society. And because of that, because that competitive nature, it makes it accumulate in the hands of the few. And that's just that's just how it works. I mean, that's just like there's your steps. Competitive nature equals concentration equals more competitive nature. This is how you get these monopolies. This is how you get these extreme disparities in wealth. This is how you get corruption up and down both aisles of the parties, in all parties, in all governments. 